And good evening and welcome to Vanderbilt Fibers Football. My name is Merle Birch. I'm coming to you live from beautiful Crusader Stadium on the campus of the University of Mary Hardin Baylor in Belton, Texas, as the Vipers get ready to face the Waco Midway Panthers in their final non-district game of the season. I'm joined once again by Hank Hudson along with Brock Bollinger, our engineer and sideline reporter, and uh, Cole Dixon running the board back to the studios. And I got the video streaming on Vipe with my better half, Christina Weber Bertrand, helping me keep that dialed in. There's also some big tall guy here with us in the booth who claims that he used to play quarterback at the University of Minnesota. Scott Schaffner joining us back here again tonight. Scott, welcome aboard. Thank you. It's, it is so good to be back, Merle. Thank you for sending me the uh, the, the Merle Bertrand private jet uh, to, <laughs> right? to, to get me here for tonight's game, and I'm, I'm fired up. Uh, this is my first opportunity to see the Vipers uh, you know, in real time tonight, and I know that Viper fans have liked what they've seen so far from this uh version of the Vipers, and every year we talk about how, you know, they they always do something that they've never done before, right. and that bar just keeps getting higher, and, and it's getting, I mean, it rarefied air last year, but um, off to a great start, but there's still stuff that I know Coach Sanders and his Vipers want to continue to work on as they as they prep for uh, for uh, district play, and getting into it, looking at uh, a quarterback on the other side for, for Midway, who was an all-district performer for Belton last year, he's going right. to provide... You know, the kind of test that a, a relatively new, inexperienced secondary needs to see. And I know that Coach Sanders is looking forward to seeing how his defense stands up against that, Hank, as well as this offense that's been explosive. Can they keep that momentum rolling as they uh, finish up non-district play and head into the district? Well, man, it's good to have you back. Oh, it's good to be man. back. We are so happy. It's our, our Rebels now have ended. <laughs> Scott has uh, shoppers back. All I know is that we're 2-0, and so Scott better not screw <laughs> that's it up. Right. I'll never be back again. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, uh, it, it, if you can't do better than... Uh, that, what about if you help us with our extra point game tonight? So there, we can looking for a way to improve. Uh, the first two weeks, Merle and Scott, we had miscues on our extra point att- attempts. And right. So, you know, that's something that we haven't seen in the past years. Uh, we've got a kicker with plenty of legs, you know, the kicking and the punting, special teams. Vipers dominating all three sides of the ball again, uh, as we've seen you know, all of last year in the rarefied air that you talked about. And, you know, this is a game where you have to come in and uh, do a little bit of a dress rehearsal. You know, Coach Sanders, his pregame remarks last year talked about getting the team ready, taking the charter bus, going to a big, shiny, beautiful stadium. And this is the cloud-capped towers and the solemn temples of football in Texas. This place is absolutely spectacular. But a, re- a dress rehearsal for a playoff game down the road, that, that, that's what he talked about last year, get these guys ready for that field. And he's going to talk about it this year, too. We're going to hear from him in just a few minutes. That's us the table here in Belton. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll hear from Viper head coach Drew Sanders. He talks about last week's big win over the Viper's original rival, Cedar Park who won again last night, by the way, knocking off Ron Rock, and get his thoughts on tonight's matchup with the Midway Panthers. You're listening to Vanderbilt Vipers Football on the Horn. Well, we're pleased to be joined once again on the pregame show by the head coach of the band of Good Vipers, Coach Drew Sanders. And uh, Coach Wash, Rinse, Repeat as the Vipers again jump out to a huge lead, this time 34-3. to And Cruz for a dominating 41-17 win over an improved Cedar Park game. Uh, your thoughts on a big win after a few days to study the tape and look things over? Well, it's always good to beat your main rival, you know, Cedar Park. We, a lot of the listeners may not know, but we split off from Cedar Park. They... Um, Beat us plenty times <laughs> to to start. We and you were just talking about that before this interview. Um, they're an amazing program, state champion program. So really, any time you can beat Cedar Park Timberwolves is is uh, good for your program. They definitely have improved from last year. Their quarterback is really good, and 
Um, you're going to see them make some serious noise in the 5A playoffs this year. I think they're a very good team and coached well. Hats off to Coach Quintero. But it is um, always good to win. It's nice to go 2-0 and and um, defend our home turf. And I thought we did well overall. Well, something that caught my eye, 513 yards of offense. Miles Coleman clearly back, nine catches, 231 yards, a couple of touchdowns. Uh, Zade Oliver, later Ken Sullivan picking up the slack with Brendan Fournier Howard a little bit. Do you have any sympathy at all for defensive coordinators out there that have to try to find a way to stop you guys? <laughs> uh, that's a great question. No, not really. <laughs> you know, we've gone against great offenses, too, for years, and it's just like pick your poison, you know. I mean, if you try to double cover um, Miles, that is definitely a pass, but then that means – you know, our big linemen and, and our good running backs are going to be able to run all day because now you're one short in the box. So, I mean, it's it's a, it's a great problem to have for us, you know. How do we get the ball to people? Um, and, you know, that, that throw and catch, the fade ball from under center to Eli was just picture perfect. Again. Um, yes, I mean, it was really great. And then so we're, we're doing some good things offensively. We still had some hiccups in the second half. You know, we're still figuring out how to still be intense with a lead. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's normal for a new team. We're still trying to figure things out. I did like the improvement of going back at the end of the game and finding a way to score a touchdown and getting a turnover right, right there at the end. So I felt like those things were at least positive signs. Maybe we were maturing a little bit and mm-hmm. able to handle some success. Um, but I do like the fact that we are uh, so far really strong starters this, this season. And then on the other side of the ball, obviously holding uh – the Timberwolves to three points for over three quarters of the game. Talk about your defense a little bit against the passing quarterback, something they didn't have to worry about as much at Dripping Springs when their starter went out. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, for us, we knew going in how good that quarterback was. We were very pleased with our ability to get to him or get him off schedule. Um, our run stopping was, was excellent. Um, I don't know how many rushing yards they have, but it might have been less than 50. Um, and... So very pleased with that, and we love good competition. I mean, they, they, like I said, they're a really good team, and they're going to make some noise this year in playoffs. And so I think that for us to get to compete against great receivers, a really good quarterback, and I told their quarterback after the game how impressed I was with his ability. We would collapse the pocket, and he would step up in the pocket mm-hmm. and still make throws. I mean, I, I, I think I'm sure football fans were very impressed with that because it was a very good performance by him. But once again, we got an inexperienced secondary, so we need that work. And the same thing, I know we're not there yet, but we'll talk about that here in a little bit about Midway because they also have a nice passing attack. And it's just great to to work on all aspects. And while it's still frustrating, you probably see me frustrated at the end with us giving up a couple of touchdowns. Passing-wise, all those mistakes hopefully are fixable mistakes. Obviously, they make good plays, but there were some things that we did to help, too. Well, the Vandy Papas head coach, you said, was guest on the pregame show. You talked about it. Midway coming up. Uh, third straight trip to here to uh, Crusader Stadium, second time playing Wake of Midway, a proud program with a deep history, as we talked about before. Talk about this year's version of the Panthers and some of the stuff that you just referenced a moment ago. Yeah, you know, this year's version of Midway's improved. They are 0-2, but it's not like last year where they had kind of gotten beat a little bit. This year they had leads in the fourth quarter, and they just hadn't been able to sustain it. Their offense is scoring points. Um, they had a moving quarterback. He was district MVP from Belton, so a lot of people won't know that. Um, and he is really great. I mean, the ball flies out of his hand. Um, so we're going to have to deal with another passing quarterback. And once again, a couple of really nice receivers. All of them are good, but two really nice ones. So that's going to be problematic for us. And then defensively, really great inside linebackers, edge linebackers. 
um, that are going to be all over the field that we'll have to deal with. Um, so this is going to be a great test for us. This is, you know, something I've I've believed for years is we're trying. Hopefully, every year we can find a way to have a decently long bus trip in a charter bus. You've heard me say this before. Having the concept of business trip, having the concept of getting on a charter and not worrying about if the charter's nice or not, going and playing in an unusual stadium, hopefully winning, getting a Whataburger, getting back on the bus, all of those things are important to me because I want to teach them all aspects before we get to big games. Not that this isn't a big game, but it's still just a, it's a pre-district game. Mm-hmm. So we need practice in all this stuff. So that's one of the things that I've done for years, and I think it's I think it's proven to work well because we've had a lot of playoff success the last several years. Well, Coach and I have been doing this together too long because he answered my next question without me even asking it. So I'm not even going to ask that one. We'll just go right to the end. Any final thoughts that you mentioned? This is the final pre-district game. Is there anything specifically that you're looking at your guys to improve on before we start district play next week? Well, um, you know, we've got to be able to sustain offensive intensity and defensive intensity if we happen to be able to get up. So we'll see how the game goes. But that's what I'd like to see. I'd like to see us start fast both sides of the ball again. Um, And then I'd like to see more enthusiasm on the sideline and during the game for our teammates and for ourselves when plays are made. Those are some key points that I would like to to be able to say that we did those things, you know, after – after the game, and then I hope people make the trip up I-35. There's some great barbecue restaurants up there. Make a trip of it, and um, beautiful stadium. So hopefully our fans will make the trip up there and cheer us on. It is a beautiful stadium. Looking forward to it, Coach. Have a safe trip up there, and good luck on Friday. Thanks, Merle. Bandiger Piper's head coach, Drew Sanders, a guest on the pregame show. We'll take a break and be right back. You're listening to Bandiger Piper's football on the horn. The Vipers looking to go 3-0 and on the season, taking on the 0-2 Waco Midway Panthers. Uh, last year, the Vipers got the win 45 to nothing. But, guys, we heard this is a different Panthers team. This would be a good test here for the Vipers. Well, the universe seems to be back in order, Merle. we got Scott Schaffner back in the booth. we got the Sweet Tea commercial. And I'm all ready for all is right in the world. All is right in the world. Yeah, we just need to have the Vipers take care of their end of the deal, and we'll be in our happy places. But there we're going to see right away. I mean, Coach talked about some of the things, uh, the tests that we'll see from Midway's quarterback against that Viper defense. That's the matchup we're going to see right away. So the Vipers are kick off here. They're going from right to left in the whole, in the road wide jerseys, gray pants, gray numerals, white helmet. Sharp looking uniforms for the Vipers. Midway in all blue with white numerals, blue helmet, and a little bit of red trim. The kickoff is going to go into and out of the end zone. Landed beyond the end line on the fly. How about that? Wow. That kid can kick the ball a long way. Yeah, that's the way to handle handle your kickoff coverage. Yeah. yeah. Unbelievable. But as I always say, the best pass defense is a pass, ru- pass rush. Yes. And I know that's going to be a focus for the Vipers D-line tonight to see what kind of pressure they can put on Ty Brown. Viper captains Andrew Burlett, number 12, and Bryce Altrudo, number 18. I'll get the other two after this first play. Two receivers to the left, one to the near side. New quarterback for... The Panthers swung it out left side, complete to the 25, and up to the 30. And they're going to be out to the 33-yard line. This is going to be a gain of about 8 or 9 yards on the play, second down and 1. Good job blocking on the perimeter that time by Midway. Yeah, a nice way to neutralize the pass rushes to get it out of the quarterback's hands quickly. 
This is going to be up the middle and knocked down at the 33-yard line, very near the first down marker. Well, I say there's a fumble on the play. Waiting for the officials to confirm, and it looks like, well, no indication uh, yet. Nope, it's going to be Panther ball. Yeah, the, the, the officials, the Vipers did a good job of selling it. The officials weren't nearly as enthusiastic about that. <laughs> Bob Ben Boo on the stop that time. Good coverage in the secondary, which is why Brown had to kind of eat that one. So first down 10 at the 35-yard line. Hi, Brown. Hand off up the middle and stacked up for maybe a yard or two on the play. And on the stop for the Vipers was Diego de Lavar Vasquez. Man, what a... He's a rolling ball of butcher knife, Scott. We haven't <laughs> seen him live, but get, get ready for some contact. Uh, we've got four linebackers this uh, year that have really slotted in and uh, just done a tremendous job. Boer, his uh, running buddy, and the other killer B, Blaine Becker. Dropping back, looking. And he's going to go down. Vipers with the jailbreak, and they get to him. And they're on the stop four. Vingergriff was Ian Witt. Yeah, again, he was looking for uh, to get rid of that relatively quickly in kind of a timing route there. But secondary was on task in the... D-line to the rest. Well, that Viper's D-line has really looked salty. Controlling the ball, Scott, on both sides of the line of scrimmage in the first two games. Off to a really good start here. Got them right where they want them, behind the chains. Third down to 16, back at the 29-yard line. Bond dropping back, looking, looking. Good protection this time. Fires over the middle and complete to the 40-yard line. Big stick. Wow. The end of the LeVar Vasquez with the stick. going to bring up a fourth down and four. Did I mention that uh, number it's 10 can he likes like to hit people? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> great job. Yeah, picking up on that. Yeah, yeah. Great job by the uh, midway receiver there to hang on to the ball. That was, uh, yeah. that was a big yeah, impact. Nice, yeah, nice throw into a tight window and great courage by the receiver. But a big hit by the Viper D. Force the punt. So, Scott, you got to run that route there. Uh, it's a quicker route to avoid the pass rush. But it's not to the sticks, and this Piper defense is not giving up very many yards, yards after catch. Good snap back, and they're going to fake it up to the 35, the 40, and he's not going to get there. Vipers were not fooled. Diego De La Barra Vasquez and Hollifer Stevens right there, and the Vipers slipped the field earlier. What a stand by the Vanicup defense. What a great job on recognition there by Hollifer Stevens and Diego Lavar Vasquez and I like that's a gutsy call by the Midway Gutsy call. They watched the they watched the Lions Chiefs last night. Yeah. I guess <laughs> did not have the same outcome, however. So here comes the Viper offenses. If they need any help, they got a short field. First down, ten to the thirty-nine yard line. Two receivers wide to the right. See the Vipers take a shot here off that quick change. Deuce Adams in the shotgun. He's going to hand it off to Miles Coleman in the backfield. Looking for running. Trying to get the corner turned. It does. For the 35-30 far sideline of the 20. Pounds it down inside the 16-yard line. Miles Coleman so dangerous in so many ways. Well, there's a great block there by Jordan Oliver. So what you got to do is you got to make sure you get your hands and your body on the front. He waited for the defensive back to face him. And uh, that way you don't engage at the back. And then just a great job. Yeah, great anticipation. Vipers going quickly, swing pass to the left side of Coleman. What a block on the edge to the 15 and tripped up from behind the 11 yard line. But what a great job on the edge that time by uh, Scoglin, right? Scoglin, yeah. Yeah, great job yeah, on the going. perimeter there. Yeah. Kind of walling the defender off there and letting, uh, getting Miles uh, some room to maneuver. Second and four. 
Piper's moving quickly, hand out, no, swing pass to the right side, complete on the edge, and going to be down to about the six-yard line for a first down. Complete out there to Brock Chill from the sophomore. Yeah, it should be a first and goal situation. Boy, he did a great job the first two weeks, only a 10th grader, guys, and really stepped into that position whenever Miles Coleman went down in the second half of the first game. First and goal from the seven. Now Adams goes wide right. They're going to wildcat it here to Zade Oliver. Oliver finding the blockers inside the five, digging for more, and he muscles his way into the end zone. Touchdown, Vandegrift. Took advantage of the turnover, and here we go again. Just like that. What a tremendous job up front that time. You're running by the, behind the right side. Sam Perry, number 78, the right tackle, 54, Gage Garrison, the right guard, paving the way for an easy touchdown for the Vipers. A quick drive, 39 yards and four plays. No call there on for the extra point. Seven out of eight. The one was just blocked, and the kick is up, and it is perfect. So, 8.32 to go in this first quarter. Vipers strike early after the, the uh, stop fake punt. 7-0 Vandegrift. We'll take a break and be right back. You're listening to Vandegrift Vipers Football on the Horn. Are you looking for a little something extra to get your business noticed? At Ideal Signs, they specialize in custom signage and large format digital printing in a variety of media. Their in-house design department can work with you to create custom artwork to your specifications. They'll work with you to conceptualize, design, and produce any custom projects or idea that you might have. Call 512-930-7446 or visit signsforsports.com. Ideal Signs, family owned and operated since 19. 19- Get ready to score big with Tommy's Express. Download the Tommy's Express app today and get your first month free. Test drive Tommy's Express Best Wash the Works and you'll love the Subsea Clean, Ceramic Wax, Underbody Flush, Spot Free Rinse, and Tire Shine. And don't pass up their free vacuums and mat washers. Kick off the school year by washing at multiple Tommy's Express locations with an unlimited membership. Offer valid for new guests only. Everyone wins at Tommy's Express. Eight thirty-two to go first quarter. Vipers draw first play. Gonna stop on special teams and move it right down the field to kick it off again, going from right to left on a hot night here in Belton, Texas. And that kickoff, no surprise. There is a bit of a breeze blowing from right to left, but I don't think that would have mattered. I think he's going to start seeing if he can kick it to the upright. I was about to say. Only drama we have left on the kickoff. How about a little wash, rinse, repeat here, gentlemen? Another three and out? I like that. Or four and out or however many it was plays that time. How many did they they have in that last They had four, but uh, the the, the fake punt, unsuccessful. So two receivers to the left, one to the near side. And the handoff right side. Drug down from behind, crashing in from the back side. Viper defense all over the place. That was David Overhauser wrapping up Drew Olmstead, the junior running back. They've struggled to run the ball so far this year. I don't expect that sledding to get any easier tonight against that Viper front. Well, we got we got a too deep rotation on the defensive end uh, position this year. It's really looking salty. Dropping back. Looking, looking. And swing out the left side. Complete out to the 25. And to the 29-yard line. Back to the original line of scrimmage and then some. That was Jackson Beard hauling it in. Again, Overhauser with the pressure that time, Scott. And, uh, again, no yards after the catch. Vibrant sure-handed in the tackling. Yeah, keep him in front of you. And no yards after the catch, like you said. So third down and six from the 29-yard line. 
Brown in the shotgun, dropping back, pressure coming there, Tishnick nice, and now the pocket starts to break down. Rolling to his right and just has to throw this football away, and that'll bring up a fourth and six. Well, I guess as, uh, as a former quarterback, Scott, is that what it looks like when you're running for your life? <laughs> yeah, that would, be, uh, that, that would be a textbook example. Okay. Angry, angry guys in hot pursuit. Yeah. Not that I would know anything about that. So were, you, were you known as a scrambler? Back in the yeah, out of necessity. Uh, yeah. It's amazing how, what great motivator fear might be. Yeah. <laughs> necessity is the yeah, mother's yeah, invention. Yeah, that's right. There are highlights out there somewhere. <laughs> oh, yeah. Four down coming up. Good snap back, and this time they do punt it away. End over end kick. Bearcats called for made at the 42-yard line, and that's where the Vipers will take over first down and 10 from their own 42-yard line with 7.22 to go in this opening quarter. I think one thing we always remarked on last year is it seemed like the Vipers were always starting in good field position, would always win that battle of field position. So it's always kind of the... You know, the game within the game, has that sort of been a trend that has continued this season so far? Without doubt. Uh, we've got uh, Colbert, the, uh, you know, also does the punting for the Vipers, although we had not seen him do that yet. But uh, he's got uh, two kick, or two punts, and he's been you know, inside the 10-yard line, one on about the three. Adams dropping back, looking, rolling to his right. And firing, he's got a receiver, chills it open, caught at the 15, shoved out at the 12-yard line, but a perfect throw from Deuce Adams. To Brock Chilton, the sophomore, and it's going to be first down at 10 at the 11. Perfect throw, great catch, but Hank, I know what you're going to say about what allowed that play to happen. Is it took a long time to develop, and Deuce was completely clean in that pocket yeah, he looked all like, day to throw it. He looked like he was having Sunday brunch over there. He had all day to throw that ball. And Adam's going to keep himself right side, slick down. Kind of awkward. Really good to see him get up. Picked yep. up a yard, second down and nine. I was a little worried there, Merle, the way he just kind of yeah. went down. Those non-contact injuries are the worst, but he popped up, and he's just fine. Second down and nine, moving from right to left, ball at the 10-yard line. Entire field in shade, mercifully. Adams going to swing it out right side to Coleman, gets a block on the edge, makes the man miss, can't make the second way miss, knocked down at about the 8-yard <laughs> line. Big hit there from, I believe that was Esther Martinez, the senior linebacker. Third down and six coming up. That was a big hit. Uh, frustrated like, watching Miles Coleman have his way so far. So right. Somebody took it out on him that time. Viper slowing it down a little bit on this series. Well, last, last time. Last week, uh, Scott, uh, the two brothers, the Adams boys, hooked up on a fade pattern. It was absolutely a thing of beauty. Done that a time or two in the backyard. That's, that's, I think you're right. Third down to six. Adams dropping back. Looking fade pattern. Left side of the end. They've got a receiver. Coleman caught. Touchdown. Wow. That was easy. Just a little smash concept there that time, Hank, where they had uh, they had Adams kind of in the in the flat there and Miles Coleman doing the, the corner route behind him. Right. Just, just kind of pick your poison if you're the midway defense. Well, pending the extra point, gentlemen, it's going to be 14-0 again. For the Vipers. Halfway through a quarter. Yes, indeed. All bear on for the kick. It is up. And it would have gone through the scoreboard if that net hadn't been there. So 5.47 to go first quarter. All Vandegrift early, 14 to nothing. We'll take a break and be right back. You're listening to Vandegrift Vipers football on the horn. How was your job to school? Let me tell you. 
I had to get my iced coffee first. I just can't seem to put it down. My favorite rapper just announced a tour. My phone was buzzing like crazy. I'm so excited. I detect all my friends right then to talk about it. Then someone started calling me and... Let's try that again. I turned my phone off right away. I never drive distracted. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. You took the first step and quit smoking, but even former smokers may still be at risk for lung cancer. That's why SaveByTheScan.org wants you to know about a new low-dose CT scan that can detect lung cancer early. It takes only 60 seconds and could save your life. You took the first step, now take the next. Visit SaveByTheScan.org for a simple quiz to see if you're eligible and talk to your doctor about screening. SaveByTheScan.org is brought to you by the American Lung Association's Lung Force Initiative and the Ad Council. Noah Colbert with the football on the tee at the 40-yard line. Vipers with two quick scores here. To take an early 14-0 lead. Got to get kicking off from right to left. And not a recording. That one almost hit the brick wall down there to the left side. He's that trying one. to kick it through the upright. He's trying. He's I mean, coming up is just a little short. Poor thing. Put a little leg into it. <laughs> well, what are your first impressions, Scott, of uh, Deuce Adams? I mean, you know, he looks really good, but I have to say that front five, was giving him all day to throw uh, the ball. That was another late yeah. developing route in the corner of the end zone there. But he he's, he's got the money really sharp. But it's a it's a it's a team effort out there. They're doing a lot of things well to make those things happen. Dropping back pressure coming hit as he throws it, and that ball is overthrown. Pressure coming from the edge, knocking down Ty Brown. And that time coming in was Witt, I believe. No, Hollister Stevens. Hollister Stevens, the cornerback stab right there. Got to get the sense that. Ty Brown's going to be under attack all night long. Handoff up the middle. Nice hole this time. Out across the 30 and out to the first down area. That'll be good for about a 10-yard pickup. Brought down by Blaine Becker. But it's going to be good for a first down. Panthers trying to go quickly, not much running room there. Maybe a yard or two on the play. Things went right back to the same play, Hank, just to see if they could catch him again. Alex Foster. I like the thought, though. Yeah, Alex Foster, number eight. Not having any of it. Second down and eight. Olmstead on the carry. Two receivers left, one on the near side, and contact made at the line. It's going to be a free play. Overshot is targeted, but that'll be five yards. A hard snap count got the Vipers to jump. A little taste of their own medicine. Coach Sand is not very happy about that. Uh, that's just sort of the first mistake we've seen from the Vipers so far. But I like what Midway's doing here. They're just trying to break the Vipers' rhythm a little bit, mixing up the yeah. snap count, kind of run the ball up the gut a little bit when you're getting that much pressure, see if you can kind of get past those linemen. So second down and three from the 42. Trips wide left, one to the near side. Brown in the shotgun. Pass left side, complete good for a first down out the 47-yard line. Just a short little curl pattern there and hauled in by Jamari Thomas. That'll be good for a first down for the Panthers. Yeah, well covered by by uh, Foster and Becker that time, but Brown just zipped it into a tight window. First down at the 48-yard line. Brown looking back, dumps it off underneath. Complete to the 50, the 45, to the 40. In the Viper territory all the way down to the 31-yard line. Just a little dump ball pass. 
to Donovan Jones, and the Panthers have something going all of a sudden. Yeah, I mean, how do you slow down that heat a little bit? And it's, it's screens, it's draws, it's those kinds of things just to keep that defense a little bit off balance. Well-designed play yeah. by Midway right there. And I'll tell you what, I've been impressed so far with what I've seen from Ty Brown, the senior quarterback. First down, intended at the 31-yard line. Quarterback draw. Bosses on the left side. Stuff through one tackle inside the 25. Knocked down at the 20. Maybe down to the 19-yard line. Another first down for Waco Midway. Yeah, I really like what I've seen from him so far, Hank. You know, it, you have a tendency to get a little bit rattled, but you can tell this guy's a seasoned veteran. Yeah. Seeing his first rodeo. Nice variety on the play calling by Midway as well. They're really mixing it up. Different formations. Quarterback draw that time. Designed all the way. First down and 10 just inside the red zone. Last week, Brown 15 to 24, 266 yards with three touchdowns. Two receivers lined up in a stick to the near side, one split wider to the right. It's going to be a quarterback draw inside the 15, inside the 10. It'll be first and goal down to the five. That's an interesting call there. So you're on the left, left hash. You overload the formation to the right. You've got a lot of extra space and fewer bodies to straight design quarterback draw, and he's a very effective runner. Yeah, and he's a big guy, too. He's about 6'4", 210, so good-sized QB. So first down and goal. A nice drive here by Midway. 313 to go first quarter. Vipers up 14-0. Panthers trying to have the lead. Adams, handoff left side, and breaking the one tackle. Can't get by the second Gets it down, however, to about the two-yard line. Going to bring up a second and goal. They found something on that left side that they Looks like they want to attack Scott Schaubner. It's the third run on this drive that way. Yeah, looks like we've got an injured Panther down there. May have been the running back. So you get captains. I didn't get those in. The captains for the game are number 12, Andrew Roulette. He's a senior quarterback. Number 18, Bryce Altrude, a senior tight end. Also number 60, Adrian uh, McCled, senior defensive lineman. And then number 94, Hunter Bice, a senior tight end. And, Scott, as we talked about uh, in, before we went on air, 61 seniors on this Viper squad. Astounding. Yeah, I mean, the, I just remember a few years ago, we're, we're reading off 40-plus names. And I thought that was, how that, was, that was just um, really impressive. But I think it speaks to kind of the, the kind of program they're developing here. Yeah. Guys want to stick to it. They want to be a part of this, especially to the end. And, and it, regardless of your role when you're a senior, this is a really special place to be. Yeah. Coach Sanders and his staff do a wonderful job of making sure that it's, a, it's the kind of season that guys are going to remember for a lifetime. And you heard him talk about in his pregame comments, uh, guys, about what he wanted to see going into this game. And one of them was the sideline. He, what he wanted to see from his, uh, his players on the sideline, that's something that they actually grade. Uh, we've heard him say before in film sessions, they talk about the involvement of every single player on the field. Everybody's got a role. Even if you're on that sideline, everybody's got a role, and he expects them to do that job. I remember a couple of years ago, what was it, Crunk Nation that they, uh, yeah. they called <laughs> over there? And uh, it was uh, plenty of energy coming from the sideline. Not as easy to do when it's 107 degrees down there, whatever right. the temperature <laughs> was at, at game time. Mercifully, we're in the uh, in the shade a bit now. But Injured player was Drew Olmstead, the running back. He was helped off the field, not putting any weight on his right leg, trying to put a little bit at the sideline, but we certainly wish him well. He's just a junior. Second and goal from the two for the Panthers. Moving from left to right, 255 to go first quarter. Need touchdowns here if you're a Panther fan. Two receivers lined up to the right side. And the quarterback's going to keep it himself, and the second effort got him in. Vipers had him stacked up for a moment, but Ty Brown just kept the, lead, the legs pounding like you used to do, Scott, and got it in. 
Yeah, a little, a little more of a push, though, I think. He got, uh, <laughs> was able to get it in there. and What a, a really impressive drive. Very much so. By, by midway that time, I mean, really nice job of kind of you know, mixing it up and screens, draws, passes, runs. And I think that's going to be the recipe if you're going to stop that Vipers defensive line because they've just got so much speed on the edge, Scott. you got big Ian Witt coming up the middle. Great with his hand fighting and eluding double teams. But they go nine plays and 75 yards in a very well-organized drive in terms of the play-calling variety and the tempo. They did a really nice job on that drive. James Hatterfield drills the extra point, 14-7. We'll take a quick break and be right back. You're listening to Vanity Goodbye Football on the Horn. Answer by the Midway Panthers. They get on the board. 14 to 70 score, 241 to go here in this first quarter. Merle Scott and Hank with you from Crusader State, a beautiful facility on the campus of Mary Harden Baylor here in Belton. And this kickoff is going to be a short high kick over the far sideline. That's a live football. Going to roll out about the 35 yard line. If there is a better D3 college stadium in America, I'd like to see yeah, it. Yeah, I don't know where it is. Yeah, this place is always one of my favorites. I just love the way they kind of integrated the stadium into campus here and everything done first class. The campus is resplendent. It's just beautiful. I mean, the whole thing and the architecture, like you said, Scott, matches the uh, architecture on the campus. It's just beautiful. Simple you have practice. such an eye for aesthetics. Uh, yeah. Hey, well, so I know that yes. that's very important to you. It is. It's, it, you know. All right, Cole, I got, you. I got your text, so now I understand what was going on. Bobby's going to make them kick it again. Uh-huh. Yeah, what so. Well, you know when you got guys yeah, like Miles Coleman yeah, out there and Rush Hilton and Strategery. Let's see what so they do with it. That is the first touchdown the Vipers have surrendered in the first half here in the third game. They've been really stingy out of the gate, but that was a nice-looking drive by midway. They go... Eight plays, 75 yards, nice mix, pass and run, featuring their quarterback, number 10, Ty Brown. This is such a good test for that secondary. Yeah, they needed that. Yeah. Well, I mean, in that time, it was just the balance. Uh, wasn't so much that they victimized the secondary there. I think it's just not only do you have to pay attention to what's going on in the pass, but there were draws, there were runs up the gut. And then, the, as you said, Hank, Ty Brown did a lot of damage with his legs that time. The one guy you haven't accounted for. If you right. So, Santa White set to kick it away. Santa Bell, pardon me, set to kick it away here from the 35-yard line now after the five-yard markup. And better kick this time. High, going to be fielded at the 10-yard line. Up to the 15, to the 20. Miles Coleman, big burst. Slowed down a little bit as it crossed the 30, and then finally knocked down at the 35-yard line. 
You could tell. You could just there tell. Was a, there was a crease. There, yeah. was, there was a crease. It closed quickly, but, uh, boy, there was a crease, and I thought he was going to shoot through it. And the other thing is, you know, from this vantage point, we really got to see a good example there of Miles Coleman and his vision because he saw the crease. Yep. And he ran to the daylight, ran to the green space, and just, you know, you're taking one, one player away right there from maybe breaking a big play. And we have the exact same field position as the kickoff. I know, but so much more excitement and stuff to talk about. Hey? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so first down and 10 Vipers. Ball at their own 35 yards on to the far half, moving from right to left. The lights are on here. And the handoff to Zade Oliver. I think this is his first carry or not. Out across the 40 to the 43-yard line. A gain of about eight, second and two. He gets his second because he had first touchdown yeah. on, on number one. So Great job by the left side of that offensive line. And Skoglin. He's got plenty of helmet stickers so far this year. We've got a number 72 checking in on the offensive line. That's Jackson Barr. Second down and two. Play action. Swung out here to the left side. Coleman gets a block in the edge of the 45 to the 50. Bounces to the outside and goes out of bounds at the 47-yard line of the Midway Panthers. And on the stop for Phil Minute and Hudson Higgins. Vipers continue to work the edges here, but... Way secondary, it's got that kind of cover two look, but the safeties are lining up outside the hashes, Hank. So look for the Vipers to take advantage of something down the middle. Always used to love the tight end right down the split in the hashes, and they're giving you that kind of hole. First down, 10 47 yards, the ball in the near hash now. Play action. Adams over the center, caught at the 35 and knocked down at the 30. That time it was his brother Eli Adams spreading the wealth here for the Vipers. First down, 10 at the 29 yard line. They had a little conversation at the bench to say, hey, you know, we're, it was like our Where's the ball? third series in. Yeah. I haven't seen it yet. I, I, I know yeah. where you sleep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> first down, to the 29-yard line. Bandit gets on the move again. Coming up on the one-minute mark in this first quarter. Trips wide right. Adam swings it out right side. Complete to Coleman. Beautiful job there, though, breaking it up. Fighting off the block was D.J. White. And that was actually fortunate was incomplete because it'll be second and 10 instead of second and 13. That's a big-time play by D.J. White. Yeah, kind of fighting off the block out there. You're in no man's land. Yeah, and he did it the right way. He took that outside leverage position and fought through the, over the top of the attempted block by Jordan Oliver. We've seen him block plenty of guys on the edge. Second down and 10 from the 29-yard line. Going in motion, selling us the up back of Skogan on the right side. Adams dropping back. Good protection. Plenty of time. Pass to the near side. Juggled and blocked by Eli Adams. He had Isaiah Alexander harassing him, and he bugged him just enough that the ball finally fell to the turf. Third down coming up. Yeah, good coverage that time. Kind of had it, the matchup that he wanted. Kind of Eli matched up one-on-one with the corner. and Just great hands, great awareness. Right. Break right that pass up. Great job by Alexander there. Yeah. Defensive by actually taught to shoot their hands through the middle of the receiver's hands there. Textbook job by Alexander, that ball was right on the money, and, and Eli went to go get that ball. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Big third down coming up here. Stops the clock with 106 to go first quarter. Third down and 10 from the 29. Chilton comes in motion right to left, settles in the left slot. Two receivers right, two to the left. Play action. Adams dropping back, going to his right. He can tuck it under the run, but he's got a spy. Pass the right side, and overshot his intended target, Miles Coleman. That'll bring up an interesting fourth down here for the Vipers. Yeah, they're an interesting spot. Kind of, a, I think, in that part of the field where they're going to go for it. It'll be a long kick from here. Good job there by be a midway huge stop. on the, This is the crowd. Yeah, midway on defense there. Had a nice 
concept. They had the over-the-top route covered and the inside route. Kind of took away that half of the field, and that's where Deuce is rolling to. And as Merle mentioned, they, it looks like they had a spy covered with the little line back number five. He's from Martinez. Coach Sanders pointed out that's one of the strengths of this team. So fourth down coming up from the 29-yard line. Trips wide right. Viper's going to go for it. And Midway is going to call a timeout. We'll keep it here with 57 seconds. Don't want to miss anything because this Viper team is so explosive. You step away and yeah, look. You, you don't want to blink. Right. But what a big play here for Midway. If you can get off the field, carry that momentum from that last touchdown drive, come, find a way to come up with a stop and get the Vipers offense off the field. I mean, just when it looked like they were about to get run out of the gym, Hank. You know, not so fast, my friend. Yeah, they, uh, yeah. You know, you got to kind of hand it to them and their coaching staff. They did not lose their composure at all. Well, Merle, I think you talked to Coach Sanders about this. Uh, Waco Midway is a storied program in the state of Texas. They could typically dominate this central Texas, you know, the 5 and 6A level. Many, many, many trips to the, uh, the playoffs. They've got a state championship to their name. And so they've got a strong tradition. And they, from all uh, looks, they look to be very well coached and organized. Uh, they're 0-2, but they've led both of their first two games into the fourth quarter. Lost, I think, on the last drive last week against a team that we know pretty well, Permian. Friday Night Lights. Heard of them, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Scott and I were talking on the drive up, Merle. We'd like to see them back on the yeah, schedule. Yeah, we'd like another, another shot. Be bad. guys, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully without a hurricane in the area, so don't have to yeah. worry about getting gas to get there back. <laughs> yeah, wow, that's right. What a road trip that's that a long was. Job. Fun road trip. <laughs> oh, the stories we could write. Yep. Fourth down. Viper's still going to go for it. Fourth down and 10 from the 29-yard line. Skogan comes in motion left to right. Settles in the right side. Adams. Dropping back. Pressure coming up the middle. He's in trouble. Steps through it. Now rolling to his right. Looking. Fine towards the end zone. Got Skoglin. Caught at the three-yard line. First and goal, Vipers. Wow. What a catch. What a throw. What a play. I mean, it's one of those things as a defensive coach, you have to be so frustrated because they yeah. played that so well. But that time, Deuce Adams gets flushed from the pocket and just making stuff happen. Receivers not giving up and finding a way to get open. I mean, what Vipers a spot, to, what a oh, spot yeah. to throw to on the run. First down to go from the two, and Adams going to keep himself. Gets a block on the edge and steps into the end zone. Touchdown, Vandegrift. After going forward and picking it up on fourth down, and a great pass from Adams to Skogren, who's already, what, the fifth Viper receiver to touch the ball tonight? Yeah, I mean, he's spreading it around, but what a big play that was, and, and what a shift in momentum. Kind of felt the air come out of the stadium a little right. bit. So what can you say about Skoglin? I mean, he is just an unbelievable blocker, first of all, but what a beautifully run route. And then, you know, the presence of mind and body control to keep himself in bounds. Big fourth and ten conversion. Paul Baird drills the extra point. 21-7. We'll take a break. Come back. Close out the first quarter. You're listening to Bad to Good Vibes Football on the Horn. Well, the Vipers respond after giving up their first score in the first half. As Hank pointed out a few moments ago, they march right back down the field, pick up a clutch fourth down play, and the ball falls off the tee. So, so much for the big buildup. Big buildup for another touchback. Yeah. <laughs> right, good point. Across the way, the Balcom Student Union, about a three-story high structure with all glass windows overlooking the Vipers of the road team around the home side of the stadium. A lot of traffic in there looking down on this high school football game on a Friday night for Melton. And the kickoff this time actually hits on the Purple Crusaders emblem in the end zone. He must be getting tired. Yeah, exactly. He's probably his foot's starting to hurt. 
Let's talk about that fourth and ten play because that was not Scoglin's original route. No. I, I believe he looked. Uh, he was running a route to the inside, Scott, and then saw his quarterback scrambling to the right. And as a receiver, yeah. you're taught to follow the quarterback that way. Yeah, those sort of scramble drills that you, that you work on. And I know Hank, it warms your heart when you hear about a tight end who does such a great job blocking can make a big play in the passing game like that. It does warm my heart. Yeah, sure. By the, way, by the way, if there's any complaints about the camera work, Scott Shopper is yeah, on the back. Right, thanks, for, thanks for blowing my cover there. <laughs> Pass on the right side. Oh. Incomplete. All the shot is intended to target Tyler Sykes, but not by much. I'm just so happy that Scott's doing the camera. So uh-huh. I, don't have to. I see. I want to renegotiate my contract. <laughs> the text messages will roll in. <laughs> Second down and 10 from the 25-yard line. And off right side. Mouse is trying to get the corner. Turn is going to get knocked down there at about the 27-yard line. Coming in from the back side was Alex Foster. Going to set up a third down at about seven. Well, Alex has just got violent hands. When he arrives on the scene, it is absolutely devastating. That's frustrating. He makes such a great move to kind of get yourself free. And it's just typical Viper defense. Just more of them coming. Third down and seven. Trips wide left, one of the near side. But they're trying and to draw that's him. going to be the end of the first quarter. Going to draw him off there. Vipers not, not biting. So a good first quarter of football. Vipers will have the lead when we come back for quarter number two. Your score, 21-7. to We'll take a break. We'll be back for the second quarter. You're listening to Brandon Good Vipers Football on the Horn. One quarter of the books. Good start for the Vipers, 21-7. to Well, first chance, Scott Chopper, Hank Hudson here. Cole Dixon back at the Horn Studios, keeping an eye and an ear on everything. Yeah, impressive start for yeah. the Vipers. And really interesting. I always love to watch kind of what Drew Sanders and his defensive staff does in terms of adjustments. Right. And kind of how are they going to react to what they saw the last time from, from Midway on their drive and ended in a touchdown? They got him on a third down and seven, now going from right to left on the 28-yard line. And the quarterback is going to keep it himself and going to get it out to the 35-yard line. Very near the first down marker. Nifty run there by Ty Brown. I think they're probably going to give it to him. We haven't seen a measurement yep, in about four years. Waving up, waving the, yeah, I don't think they do measurements. They do eyeball now, measurements now. But. The only more in danger than, than the huddle. That's an RPO with no running backs in the backfield, Scott. Yeah. Saw a gap there and just decided to tuck it up. First down, Midway Panthers. First down, 10 at the 35-yard line. Dropping back, looking. Brown, going to his right, got a lot of running room. He's going to tuck it under and run out to the 40, to the 43-yard line is where he stepped out of bounds. Looks like they're going to give them the 44, so they'll bring up a second down and one. Yeah, again, just nothing there, but did not account for the quarterback run of the football. This may be a dimension of their offense that right. Vipers have not had a chance to see, and we'll have to make some adjustments to account for him. No second and one from the 44. After no first downs on their first two drives, guys, Midway's managed to rack up some statistics in that first down column. Wide receiver to the right, clear to the near side. Handoff up the middle, and met right there. Maybe a yard pickup, a crashing in right at the gut was Alex Foster introducing himself to the Panther running back. You almost don't have to see it. You can just listen to it and figure out <laughs> right. what number it was, and it's usually eight when it sounds like that. He gets out of bed in the morning and hits the door <laughs> on the way to breakfast. Only near the yard, however, so they do pick up the first down. First down and ten. 
Ball spotted at the 46-yard line, moving from right to left. Dropping back, looking hit as he throws it, and that ball is incomplete, but a flag is going to be coming in. It's going to be pass interference on the Vipers, which is a shame because I think the ball was going to be off the target. Yeah, it was. I think you're right, Merle. That was going to come in a little high, but I think there was a trailing defender that time on the Vipers that was just doing a little tug on the jersey. Receiver that time, number 13, Ramon Conway, was kind of... Yeah, yeah, that'll bring a holding up. You know, Coach Sanders talked to me a little bit before the game about the fact that defense and the the front guys are doing a good job of getting pressure on quarterbacks and have done that throughout the year, but but actually getting to the sack and finishing, closing the play down. We've seen that a few times here where they're they're pressuring Brown, but he's finding a way to escape or he's able to get rid of the ball just in time. Something the Vipers are going to look to try to do is close the deal. Now puts the ball down to the Viper 44-yard line, first down and 10. Handoff off left tackle inside the 40. And stacked up there at about the 39-yard line. Gained him about five yards on the play before he swarmed under by the Bandicoot defense. Going to bring up a second down and five on the carry was Eduardo Longoria. They're having more success running the ball as well tonight, which should be interesting to see how that plays out as this game wears on in a warm night. Very much so. Could take its toll. Again. Great variety from Midway. They're really mixing the run and the pass up. And handoff up the middle. Going to get it down to about the 37 yards on that time. It was Esther Martinez with the carry. Going to bring up a third and two. Being a little more deliberate with their tempo as well. I think they want to try and suck some time off the clock. When you get a Vipers offense, it's scored on like nine or ten consecutive first down drives. Going to try to keep those guys off the field. Big third down here, third down and two from the 36 yard line. Hand up off the right left tackle. He's going to pick up the first down, makes it if you move to the 20 and tripped up at the 15 yard line. Wow, saving a tackle, a saving a touchdown for the Vipers is Bryson Carter. But an explosive run there for Esther Martinez is going to be first down for the Panthers. What a job by the left side of the, that yeah. way line, just kind of caving things in, the point of attack. and Great double team block by the huge hole out there. Left tackle for midway in the tight end. First down and 10 at the 13. And off. And this time he's going to be stacked up and driven back. Maybe a yard gain in the play for Martinez before Blaine Becker was the first one to get to him. Second down and nine. Got a little fun fact for you. Mentioned, mentioned the tight end there, Hank. Actually, it's uh, Donovan Jones, uh, his dad, Lenoy Jones. That a name that rings a bell at all. Donovan Jones. All-conference player. I'll give you a little tip. All-conference defensive back at, T- at uh, TCU, but also happened to be to play against Coach Sanders uh, back in high school. Oh, wow. High school star wow. at Grosbeck. Grosbeck versus Mejia. Yeah. There you go. So Coach Sanders said, Dad was a pretty good ball player. Ah, but so. defensive back, the Suns playing on the other side of the ball. Made a nice block on that last run, uh, on that big first down run. Second down and nine taken by the Panthers. We'll keep it here since they're in the red zone. See, I don't just show up. I do a little research. <laughs> they came prepared. Yeah. The people up here are pretty familiar with Gross Beckham. Yeah, yeah, that's a pretty good rivalry. Yeah. Hot, muggy night. Well, the temperature's dropped about 10 degrees, which is nice, but it's still, still, like still 98 muggy. with the wind chill. I yeah, think. yeah, yeah. Yes. What is it now, according to my technology? The car thermometer is 100 degrees still. 
Mm. Almost 8 o'clock at night, and we approach mid-September. And, you know, I'm looking out at the at the flags in the end zone there. Not a whole lot of breeze to speak of. I'll try to get a little shot of those. And I'm sure on the field. I wouldn't call that a breeze. No, no. More of a <laughs> that's just from us talking. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. Flags are moving. This is not adding to any cool air to the situation. So second down and nine from the 12. That's the timeout. Trips wide right, one to the near side. Brown in the shotgun, empty back set, and now what do we got? Apparently nothing. Just he's changing the play. Play clock down to 10. Brown fires over the right center, complete to the five-yard line, and dies down to the three. That's going to be enough for a first down. Nice-looking throw right there. Yeah. Lamari Thomas t- with the catch. Going into a very tight window, double covered there. Panthers looking very comfortable. Yes, indeed. On offense. Got ourselves a bit of a shootout here, apparently. Yep. First and goal from the three. Viper band, the abbreviated band, if you will, the traveling band, making noise on the far side. And all sorts of messed up stuff right there. Flags down. It's going to be procedure against the Panthers. That'll push it back five yards. They're trying to do a lot of stuff with that, the clapping uh, false snap. They did get one five-yard offsides penalty, but other than that, the Vipers have had pretty good discipline up front. Viper band uh, having its impact. I think so. In that end of the field. That's true. It's right yeah. in front of them. Yeah. yeah. You don't think that's by design, do you? Oh, no. <laughs> no. First and goal from the eight now. And off, off left tackle, bounce to the left side, can't get anywhere. Maybe down yeah. to the six-yard line. Good open field tackle around the ankle by Alex Foster. That's going to bring up a second down and goal. Man, look up the textbook definition of form tackle. Yeah, right tackle. Number eight, Alex Foster. When he gets his hands on you, Scott, you're going down. So second down and goal from the six. Backhand off right side and down to the five. Viper defense swarming the football again. Going to bring up a third and goal from the five-yard line. Boy, Ian Witt, number 61 right there, guys. Manages to split that double team right up the gut, as we've seen him do so many times, causing mayhem in the backfield and drove the ring back back to the right into the waiting arms. Of I get the sense teams. if the Panthers are going to get it into the end zone here, it's going to have to be a play by Ty Brown that gets in there. That's oh, going to be free a free play. Run. Shot in the end zone, no good, but one of the Vipers jumped on the edge. Thought he got back, but it's a good scene to play there by the quarterback. He, he knew yep. that uh, he had a free play, and it's going to be third and going off from about the two and a half. And I would expect, what do you think, Hank? They're gonna, they got two shots here to get the end zone. I don't think they're playing for field goals in this one. That's not going to probably allow so them to keep up, so two shots here. That we'll see number 10 either keep it or RPO right here. Number 10 being Ty Brown. He's in the shotgun. He is going to keep it himself. And hit the goal line. Did not make it. It's going to bring up a fourth down. Wow. What a massive collision at the goal line. Hmm. Massive collision. That right. was huge. I don't usually those... see a quarterback uh, no. kind of put his shoulder down like that. He's going to feel that one tomorrow. be surprised if they go back to the same thing. Fourth and goal from the one. And to your point, Hank, I don't see a kicker. Yeah, yeah and then, you know, are we going to see him under center? So we've 
You always want. I mean, look, if you're not used to doing that, down on the goal line, yeah, it is not uh, the play do it do at it. your peril because it's just things are different, angles are different. The ball doesn't come up the same way as it does, and if you're not used to it, right? You always wonder why in the world do they go and stay in the shotgun when they're only a yard Playbox out. Clock's down to three here. They're probably going to wait and call a time time You're exactly time right. Out. Talk it over. Well, that's a big play for all the offense that we've seen thus far tonight. This is a big play for the Viper defense. Yeah, it sure is. We've had a couple of those, like big plays, you know, and fourth fourth down plays that right. have uh, caused the momentum to shift one, shift one way or the other. Vipers made good on their fourth and long. It set up their last touchdown. Boy, in that opening, knocking at the door here. In that opening week against Dripping Springs, guys, we saw the Vipers on several short down situations get Dripping Springs off the field, which right. is something they tr- struggled with last year yep. against that same team. Mm-hmm. There was a big fourth and one. Uh, in the third quarter when Dripping looks like they might have some momentum, but this is as big as it gets right here. You're fourth and one inside the one. And we've seen the, the Vipers, clo- uh, Vipers close the door in this situation before. It's time for a big stop. Yeah, and it's, it's sort of been the tale of fourth downs in this first half so far. You had the fake punt that didn't quite right. pan out the way the Panthers thought it would. Vipers are successful on their side, and now the Panthers have a shot to convert here. Nose of the ball just inside the one-yard line, so they're about two feet away from Pater. Fourth down and goal. Ball on the right half, two receivers to the right. Nobody split out wide left. Rod in the shotgun. Cape it himself, and he is not going to get there. He's going to lose a yard. The Viper defense read it all the way. There were about five shirts waiting for him. It looked a little looked discombobulated from the beginning. You know, it just didn't look like they were fully in sync. They tried to go on a bit of a quick snap count. Right. Weren't quite ready, just didn't get the push that they thought they would. And I'm I'm not entirely convinced that, that Viper band didn't have a you know, didn't have a role in that. When you can't hear anything going on out there. I mean, if you're midway, you've got to do better than that coming out of a timeout. Yes, yeah, I, agree. I think that you know, not having the ability to go under center right there really hurts you because you, they, they came out of a shotgun on a fourth and less than a yard. And that's when you want to be under center. But to your point, Scott, if you don't do it all the time, it's it's a recipe for disaster. So a loss of two. Vipers take over first down and ten from their own three-yard line. Got to hang out of the football here. Hand off right side. And a fumble just like that. And Midway gets it back. A big hit. Jars the ball loose. And the Panthers are going to get back at the ten-yard line. Going on the ball was uh, D.J. White. Earl, that was 100% your fault. Yes, it was. Because you said, I mean, <laughs> I media jinx. Oh him. man, I was like, oh, he didn't say that. That was your. That one's on you. <laughs> Did you spark that down in the stat book? That that's Bertrand. Fumble, Burl Bertrand. Wow, but you're exactly you're, right. You're just looking for wiggle room. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, I'm telling you what. Well, uh, you know, credit to Midway there. That's a great looking tackle. Yeah. Uh, the defensive back there to jar the football loose is that number 21, Warren Richard. No, was it 21, Warren Richardson? But just put his helmet right on the ball, popped it loose. The first down and 10 passes to the Viper 11 after the turnover. And the handoff up the middle, and falls forward to about the 9-yard line. Hanging out for dear life for Vandergrift was that Sean Morgan, number 40? Was that 42? 40. Yeah, it was Morgan. Make sure got him around the race and held out the second down and 8. He's one of the guys on our rotation at defensive yeah. end. It's, he's a right end, Ian Witts in the middle, and then you got... You know, number 29, cruise missile. Yeah, rotation of fresh fresh horses on a night like tonight. Second down and eight from the nine-yard line. Dropping back, looking. Steps up, fires left side. That ball is caught. Touchdown. So the Panthers take advantage of the break. 
And a nice pass hauled in by Warren Richardson, and they're right back in the game, 21-13 with the extra point pending. I'm telling you what, you can't throw it any better than that. Right laser beam. Coverage underneath, over the top, and there wasn't a whole lot of room to put that football and tie Brown through a dart. That was a laser beam. Long throw, too. You got a, it's a 10-yard out route, but he's nearly to the right hash throwing that football, Scott. That's a 30-yard pass on the dime. That's the point. It takes us up, and good. So we've got ourselves a ball game. 5.27 to go first half. 21-14. We'll see if the Vipers can shake off, shake off the turnover and be right back. You're listening to Vatican Vipers football on the horn. Every day, and especially on September 11th, honor our first responders. Our sponsor, Javi's Auto Sales of Austin, is family-owned and operated. Whether it's their huge inventory of quality pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs, complete auto repair service, top-notch gasoline, or a state vehicle inspection, call the pros. 512-462-1777. 512-462-1777. To learn more, visit Hobbiesautosales.shop. Hobbies Auto Sales, saluting our first responders. Never forget September 11th and those who risked their lives to save others. Our sponsors, Realtor and Veteran Rolanda Azevedo with HomeSmart Brokerage, independently owned and operated. If you're buying or selling real estate in the North Austin Central Texas area, call Rolanda at 254-444-2689, 254-444-2689. To request a private tour, contact Rolanda. That's Realtor and Proud Veteran Rolanda Azevedo with HomeSmart Brokerage, independently owned and operated. On the air in remembrance of September 11th. Well, every time the Vipers try to pull away, Midway answers back. Told you they were a better team, and they're proving it here tonight. Yes, they sure are. Well, they went two plays and 11 yards there, but prior to that, in the drive, where we got a turnover on downs. They went 12 plays and moved the ball all the way down to the one-yard line as the drive started on the 25, so they moved the ball 74 yards, came up short, then got the big turnover. 21-14, Viper's still on top, but Midway is here to play. We'll see how the Viper offense responds. going to be a short, high kick. going to be fielded at the 2. Coming up to the 5, 2 to the 10. Chilton, 15 to the 20. Nice first out across the 25 and knocked out at the 28-yard line. First down and 10 Vipers. On the stop for the Panthers was Adrian Koshaw. Different level of energy now from this Midway uh, sideline here. We're all kind of hear and feel the buzz beneath us. One way to quiet that down quickly if you're the Viper offense. Let's go to work. Yeah, I agree. Emails open, by the way, voiceofthevipers at gmail.com. Had a weird internet glitch earlier tonight. But I think we're all settled in now. First down and 10 at the 29-yard line. It's voiceofthevipers, all one word plural, at gmail.com. Two receivers left through to the near side. Adams now with the empty back set, dropping back, looking right. Fires right, complete at the 35, and out of bounds at the 36-yard line. First catch of the night for Jordan Oliver. Good for seven yards, six yards, second down and four. Well, Jordan's always been a hands catcher. He sends out there. Yep, nice catch. Thumbs, thumbs together, goes and gets the football. Yep, took a good hit there on the sideline and secured the football. Trips wide left. Hand off Coleman on the wraparound, and he's going to be stacked up in the backfield and losing a yard. Good penetration there. Three or four blue shirts in on the stop to knock down Miles Coleman. That's the best way to stop him is don't let him get started. Yeah, you don't want to let him get ahead of steam. That looks like a straight handoff with Miles lined yep. up as a running back. We haven't seen that too much. It's a third and five for the 34. Sade Oliver back in now at that running back spot with Miles out wide. 
Coleman comes in motion right to left. Oliver line up at the right side. Adams looking back, swings it out to Oliver on the, the 35 and steps out of bounds at about the 36-yard line. It's going to set up a fourth down and two. We might see our first punt of the night. Yeah, really interesting call here. No movement yet on that Viper sideline, but here they come. Here they come. Yeah, I don't think you want to take a chance to give them any more momentum, but who knows what sort of trickery that Coach Sanders and his yeah. staff may have up their, up their sleeve. 4.22 to go, first half, fourth down and two from your own 37-yard line. Not want to talk about Ed Wolkind, wouldn't Yeah, just kind of, you got to know where that first down yeah, marker is. I think he thought he had the first down there. Colbert with a nice punt, spiral, a little short, but it's take a sideways roll, a lot of bounds at the 39-yard line, and that's where the Panthers will take over, trying to tie this thing up before 4 to go in the first half. Very, very interesting sequence and series here. Isn't it? You know, sort of master of the overstatement, but this is a big drive here. Well, Midway has really got the momentum. They got the momentum. They're putting a, a clean game plan. No penalties on them so far on offense, and you know, excellent variety. A lot of different formations we're seeing, and they got a quarterback who can do a little bit of everything. He's not afraid. First down at the 39-yard line. And quarterback's going to keep himself. Bouncing to the right side and knocked out at the 41-yard line. Knifing in and knocking him off balance with Sebastian Kovett. And that's going to bring up a second and eight. He's a big guy and a, a lot more mobile than maybe than advertised. But you, you, you see why he was the district player of the year right. last year for Belton. And they're very happy here at Midway. <laughs> he made the transfer. Hit the portal. <laughs> Second down and eight. Swings it out here to the left side. That's a little over. Oh, it caught at the 42-yard line. What a great throw. What a great throw. That's a corner route. Corner route. He knew right where his guy needed to be. Yeah. And I think I think the underneath route got a little deeper than uh, maybe he right should have. That's but, why I thought yeah. it was overthrown. Yeah. But instead, it's complete down to the 41-yard line. Ramon Conway, first and 10. He threw that to a, a spot. Yeah, yep. he sure did. And the receiver was there. The ball perfectly delivered. That's a nice-looking throw. Viper defense looking for answers. First down, 10 at the 41-yard line. Handoff tripped up. He actually tripped, I believe, uh, on Brown's foot as he tried to make his cut. Second down and 10. The old turf monster got him. Three twenty-one and counting. Midway not in a big hurry here. I think they'd be content to yeah. run some time in addition to contr- controlling the ball, getting down for another score here, maybe tie things up. But Midway looks well prepared and well organized. Second and ten, dropping back Brown, looking firing over the center of the field. A lot of contact, but that ball well overthrown. I was hoping the official wouldn't throw a flag because there was no way that was catchable. But you never know. Yeah, never. Well, really well covered. Kind of had him bracketed there. I don't think the contact would have nah. warranted a flag anyway. But Well, they play here. Third, third down and 10 coming up from the 41-yard line. 2.59 to go. First half, 21-14 Vipers. Panthers trying to tie it up. Trips wide right, one to the near side. Interesting formation here. A three-by-one, Scott. And you've got a wing back that's in a, a hiding spot in between the guard and the tackle. Got to figure that's going to come into play at some point. Oh, they oh, it's going to be third and 15. They've hurt themselves with penalties a little bit, and it always comes at a crucial time. Yeah, you know, those are killers. When the third 10's hard enough. 
Yeah. So the center, 73, A.J. Anderson, is claiming a grieved status there that <laughs> he somehow... He pointed somebody else. Yeah. He was claiming one of the Viper defensive linemen were doing something nefarious. He's got his hands in the ball. He didn't have to move. <laughs> See if they run the same shot here with a little bit of a different formation, different look. On the empty back set, third and 15 from the 46, moving from right to left. That's the Vipers 46. Inside of three minutes to go, first half. Quarterback draw off right tackle. Makes the first man miss. And going to be hit hard. Bounces into the right side. Still on his feet. And up the sideline. To the 20, to the 15. Tippetoe finally out of bounds at about the 11-yard line. I don't know how he did that. He made about four Vipers look bad. I'm telling you what. I think he just sent a, a message to the Viper sideline. Said, you better wrap me up. Because he took a couple of big hits but kept on going. Good, good stiff arm. Alex Foster. Got a bite at him. He just ran through a couple of Viper tackles there, and that's yeah. not something we see very often, especially wow. from a quarterback. So he's inspiring that whole sideline down there as well. Ty Brown having a heck of a first half. First and ten from the 14 is where he stepped out of bounds. Trips now to the left side. Brown looking back. Good protection. Fires left side into the corner of the end zone, and intercepted. Yes, it is intercepted. Had to wait till he got his feet down, but hauling it in was Jack Camp to deny the Panthers a time score. Well, that's that corner route, Scott, and we talk about the safety has to get on top of that, and that's what Jack Hurkamp did right there because that ball was going to probably be caught for a touchdown if he doesn't make that play. Panthers uh, coaching staff pleading their case to the official, looking at the big diamond vision board that he was out of bounds. I thought he got the foot down. Yeah, it was hard to see. Um, they're not uh, going to the replay. <laughs> no, not. Here. Not until the safe championship game. Yeah, exactly. So coaches are very upset about that call. It felt like your camp did not secure that inbound. I don't think what that, a great play. I don't think that that would have uh, been overturned on a replay. He looked into me. Yeah. We got the a really official good was right there, yeah. too. Yeah. So the Viper defense comes up big. Let's see if they can take advantage. First and 10 from the 20-yard line with 2.39 to go. Dropping back. Nope, it's a handoff to uh, Zayd Oliver. No gain in the play. Second down and 10. Midway defense still fired up. Did the thing that's really struck me on that last play, Hank, is a great play by the Viper secondary, but uh, Brown once again had a ton of time. Yes, he did. They're really struggling to get pressure on him, and maybe a sign of fatigue as we near the closing minute or two of the of the first half here. But that'll be a riddle they need to solve in the second. Viper seem to be running out of the steam on both sides of the ball after three straight scoring drives, but second and ten. Got to find a way to dig deep here. Second down and 10 at the 20-yard line. Adams, handoff. Oliver, nice cut up the middle. 25 to the 30 and across the 30 out to about the 32. That'll be good for a Viper first down. Standing up with all three timeouts, by the way. You had two tight ends in the game that time, Scott. You line them both up on the same side of the ball on the left. Yeah, you wonder where this is going. Yeah. <laughs> Viper's up quickly. First down, 10 to the 32. Swing it out right side to Coleman. Complete. Gets a block on the edge from... Oliver and stepped out of bounds or he'd still be running, but still a nice pick about to the 42-yard line for 10 yards and a first down. Gene Kirby says, Graham and Grandpa watching Gage Garrison excelling as always. Thank you very much for the email. Voice of the Vipers at gmail.com. 101 seconds to go, first half. Boy, what a player Gage Garrison is, guys. All-district center last year, and then they moved him out to right guard. Yeah, he kind of play anywhere. He's got this O-line. From the 43-yard line, Adams dropping back. Dumps it off underneath, complete. 
to Oliver, and he's going to put his head down and bowl it out across the 50-yard line. We'll see where he stepped out of bounds. Right at the 50, so a gain of seven, second and three. 135 left on the clock here in the first half, an eternity when you're yep. talking about this Viper offense. Midway's apparently got a, you know, too deep, very too deep defense in there. Safeties are what, at about 12, 12 yards there? So we yeah, they're seen... deep and they're, and they're wide. You look yep. at how far outside the hash the near side safety is. We're throwing a lot more to underneath routes than what we've seen so far this year. Adams dropping back, second and three. Now he steps up, looking right. Now goes to his left. He's going to throw this one away and set up a third down and three from the 50-yard line. This is such a huge possession. If you get a score here, get it back up to a two-possession game, and then get the football to start the second half. Not to mention the impact that you have on momentum here. Correct. Yeah. The Panthers were on a bit of a roll there for a while. Third down and three from the 50. Fulman moves to the right side. Oliver to the left. Abs going to keep himself. Swinging out the pass to Kyle Coleman on the edge. Hit and breaks the tackle inside the 45 down to the 43-yard line. They had it played pretty well and stacked up for a short game, but uh, Miles Coleman had other ideas. Yeah, that nice effort by Miles Coleman. It would have been close. Not, she was sort of got hit really hard right at the sticks, but said that he's not the only guy in this field tonight who could break a tackle. Right. I'll tell you what, man, you get a real indication of how tough he is, that play right there. Adams dropping back. Good protection. Has all day. Directing traffic. Still rolling. Now to his right. Looking, looking. Head fake. Cuts it back up to the 40. Bounces to the inside and slides down to the 35-yard line. I don't think there wasn't a limit his body that didn't do something that play. Yeah. He's pointing and kicking and... Yeah, keeping that... Doing everything he could to keep that play alive. But yeah. Credit the, Pan- the Panther secondary. There were, there were not any Vipers running around uncovered that time, so... Deuce had no place to go with the football. I'll tell you what has impressed me with watching him this in the third game now is just the way he keeps his eyes downfield. He's looking for somebody to deliver the ball to. He's he's passed first all the way. We uh, we had a play in the first game. Scott, I was saying that about about that on the way up here. We looked like he could have run for about 20 yards, and he uh, we had an incompletion, and uh, you know on a third down uh, that time he was looking. He went through three or four different checks on that play, trying to find somebody open, and. Yeah, and that takes a, a lot of discipline for a young, for a young yes. quarterback because there's a tendency to sort of say, okay, I'm going to commit to the run. It's not developing the way I thought it would. I'm not finding anything. I'm going to I'm going to tuck it and run. I can tell you, once you take your eyes off of downfield, there's uh, there's no way to get him. You can't sort of, find you it. You again, can't recalibrate right. yeah, back yeah. downfield. So to maintain that kind of discipline, really impressive. Well, Boston sex position identification. You're listening to Bandicoot football. Uh, Bandicoot Vipers football on the horn. You're listening to KTAEAM Elgin, K270CO Round Rock, Texas Sports, the Horn. The Horn. Second down and four after the Viper timeout. Ball spotted at the 36-yard line. Play action. And caught the Coleman over the middle. 25, breaks the tackle. To the right side, 20. To the 15. And inside the 10 and out of bounds. He started off at the left slot and just kind of came across the middle, guys. And, man, Adams has found him in stride. Yeah, I love to just kind of calmly out Miles Coleman on that sort of short crossing route. Just sort of flicked it to him. Right. The first down and goal from the eight. Trips now to the left side in a triangle. Skogan also lined up left side at the tight end. Oliver to the left. And 
Adams is going to follow. Zade Oliver down to about the one-yard line. He can't get any closer. One of the officials is oh. saying touchdown, and there it is. Touchdown, Vandergrift. Deuce Adams saying, I'm not the only, there's not only just uh, one quarterback out here who can run the football and put it in the end zone. Well, that Adams last, answers. That throw right there before uh, that run for the touchdown to Miles Coleman, you, he put that ball, Scott, right where the receiver likes to get it. He catches it in stride. You get your, your hands up. You don't want to have to reach down uh, with your hands. It takes you out of your stride, so just... Caught Miles coming right in stride. Not easy to do that when the guy's running full speed the other direction. Noah called there out of the hole to Drew Messamaker. The kick is up, and it is just as good going this way as it was the other one. 41 seconds to go in the first half. Vipers extending their lead down to 28-14. We'll take a break and close out the first half. Vandica Vipers football on the horn. Dr. Martin Molina and his staff welcome you to Texas Family Physicians at River Place. Texas Family Physicians provides comprehensive family medical care for men, women, and children of all ages. They specialize in adult and pediatric preventative care, hypertension, diabetes, sports medicine, and seasonal allergies, just to name a few. They also offer impact-certified baseline and post-injury concussion testing and treatment in office. Visit Texas Family Physicians online at TexasFP.com. Texas Family Physicians at River Place. TexasFP.com. When you buy or sell a piece of property, it helps to have a friend in the business. Independence Title will pick up the ball on your transaction and take it right across the goal line. Independence is locally owned right here in Austin with deep roots in the Vandergrift community. Independence is also the Austin Business Journal's number one title company. Work with the home team at Independence Title. Call 329-5299 or go to independencetitle.com. Well, Vipers going to spread the wells here. Charlie Reed's going to kick this ball away from the 40-yard line. A lot of teams would like to have one kicker <laughs> of the Vipers ball. They've got three on this team. I guess Charlie's going to go be... Uh, go his, his foot was getting tired. Yeah. I guess Charlie's going to go join his brother Ian up at Clemson next year, play soccer. Yeah, let's kick off. as sails down to the six-yard line. Fair catch call for mate. I just noticed... That the score says 27 to 14. Was that extra point? It didn't no good. I just kind of assumed it was. It looked good to me, but maybe they uh, maybe he missed it left or right. Hmm. Well, I'll make it 27 and keep an eye on that. I thought it was good. Let me get confirmation from the official score. Yeah, there you go. So 41 ticks on the clock. We'll see. Uh, you just don't want to give up the people here. Six eyeballs up in this booth, and they're all old. That's the problem. That's right. <laughs> and handoff right side and stacked up at about the 30-yard line. Maybe a two-yard pickup there on the carry was Ezra Martinez. Looks like Waco Midway is content to go into the uh, locker room. Down by two scores, second down and five. Handoff again up the middle. And out to the 35, about a yard shot. That would give him a first down. First and 10 with 16 seconds to go in the half. Number 29, Cruz Carrasquillo, the cruise missile on the stop that time. Let's see if they take a shot. He's got the wind at his back. Ty Brown at the shotgun. First down 10 from the 35-yard line. He's going to throw it. Now he's going to step up, and he is going to go down. He'll take a sack back to the 34-yard line. Pocket breaks down, and the Vibers are only too happy to make sure that he was going to go down. In on the stop for Vandergrift was uh, Deshaun Morgan, along with Ian Witt, and we have reached halftime 27-14, a good football game. 
Yeah, I think tighter than, you know, any of us expected, especially after the way this thing started. Um, it would have been very easy for the Midway Panthers just to kind of go away. Right. But they have not. Their uh, entire team, but particularly their quarterback, is, you know, they sort of shook, shook off that those early punches, avoided the, the first-round knockout, and came back swinging. We've got, a lot we got ourselves a football game here. Yeah, yeah, a lot yeah. better. Looks like they got a lot better team this year uh, than last, and they're in it all the way so far. The big play of the get- half probably, guys, is that interception in the end zone by oh, Jack yeah. camp to close the door on what looked like a potential scoring drive for Midway. They could have tied the ball game up. So a couple of turnovers there were instrumental. So the Vipers had one turnover, a fumble on their own 11-yard line, and that gave uh, Midway a chance to go punch it in. And then that interception really really kind of changed the complexion of the game. Yeah, there have been some big plays that have been swinging it one way or the other. You know, think about fourth down, whether you convert or whether you don't. Right. A couple right. of turnovers that have been key going, you know, one one going each way. And so um, really interesting half that is really separated by a couple of plays here and there. But overall, you know, well, well played and should be interesting second half to see what team makes adjustments. Um, you know, hard to adapt when you have a player that can do as many things yeah. as, uh, as Midway's quarterback Brown can. Um, I have to draw some things up to, to take into account the things he can do with his arms and his, his arm and his legs. And I think the Vipers are actually playing him pretty well. I mean, he's not he's not tearing him up. He's moving the ball and he's getting some stuff done. Uh, but I mean, the one touchdown pass, like Hank said, was a perfectly thrown football. I mean, you can't oh, yeah. defend it any better. Dark. So yeah. he's, he's not shredding the Viper defense, but uh, it, it is great stuff for the coaches to, to learn from and get these guys better. No question about it, Merle. I think you, you're right on uh, target there. There's not been a lot of downfield throws from either team, which right. is interesting. So uh, we, we are getting beat on some pass plays, but he's thrown into small windows, and he's got a big-time arm throwing in that touchdown uh, reception. I perfectly thrown uh, pass there. Uh, not much happening in the middle of the field. The Vipers aren't having taken any shots downfield either, so you've got to expect maybe in the second half we're going to see some of that. Uh, but you've got to take what the defense gives you, and I don't think Midway's giving that window of opportunity. After watching, you know, the tape, Miles Davis, you know, for 280 yards of passing. Miles Davis or Miles Coleman. But Miles, Miles Davis. Miles Davis. Miles Davis. Miles Davis. Miles Davis. Miles Davis. But I think, you know, Hickey said it. I mean, that how deep their safeties are playing, all those things. They, they, they've uh, you know, done their homework on the Vipers. Yeah. And, you know, said, look, you're going to have to work to beat us. We're not going to give you any cheap ones over the top. And so far, at least in the first half, they were able to contain the Vipers pretty well. Played a good discipline. Football game, um, getting after it a bit, and I think this is exactly the kind of test the Vipers need. Oh, I agree. You know, we yeah. talked in the opening about um, you know a, a really skilled quarterback that can do a lot of things, especially putting the ball into tight coverage. Really test the secondary that's kind of coming of age, mm-hmm. and what a perfect time for a test like this before yeah. you get into district play. And not that these all don't count, but it really you know it, it goes up a notch in terms of intensity and importance next week. They all count, but some count more than others. Exactly. As they say. 27 to 14, your score here at the end of the first half. Vipers on top. We'll take an extended break and uh, pay some bills. Uh, give Hank a chance to put his staff together and come back for more of the halftime festivities. We'll hear uh, what Brock uh, was able to catch up to Coach Sanders, get uh, Coach Sanders' thoughts on the first half of play. You're listening to Banding of Vipers Football on the Horn. Family time, anytime. Always worth every time. On our way to Kinney. Unbelievable sweet tea. Chicken 
buy or sell a piece of property, it helps to have a friend in the business. Independence Title will pick up the ball on your transaction and take it right across the goal line. Independence is locally owned right here in Austin with deep roots in the Vandergrift community. Independence is also the Austin Business Journal's number one title company. Work with the home team at Independence Title. Call 329-5299 or go to independencetitle.com. In remembrance of 9-11, we salute and honor our troops, veterans, and first responders. Our sponsor, Austin Floors Direct, is family-owned, serving you with years of quality and pride. Whether it's a hole in your floor or a whole new floor, Austin Floors Direct specializes in sales, service, and professional installations. Call 602-301-6069, 602-301-6069. Providing honest and affordable service, that's Austin Floors Direct. On the air in remembrance of September 11th. Ironworkers Local 482, building Central Texas in 1935. You see their skilled craftsmanship every day with Austin iconic landmarks like UT Memorial Stadium and the Pennybacker Bridge. Ironworkers Local 482 Union is hiring 3,000 people right now for a huge new project. Enjoy full benefits, a pension, and a rewarding career. Becoming a member of Ironworkers Local 482, you accept the challenge to give your best each day while shaping Austin's economic development. Apply today at ironworkers482.org. That's ironworkers482.org. Texas Malibu is your exclusive dealer for the number one brand in water sports towboats. Malibu. With locations in Austin and Texas Key Ranch in New Braunfels, Texas Malibu covers all of Central Texas. Their newest location is opening this fall in Marble Falls, just minutes from Lake LBJ. Come and see the enthusiasts at Texas Malibu in Austin or Texas Key Ranch in New Braunfels or online texasmalibu.com. That's texasmalibu.com. Get on the water with your crew and make memories that'll last a lifetime. At Harway Appliances, they provide the highest quality residential appliances to homeowners, builders, remodelers, and designers. When their customers ask them, they recommend Sub-Zero, Wolf, and Cove because they're the true preservation, cooking, and cleaning specialists. With Sub-Zero, Wolf, and Cove helping you in the kitchen, you'll have more time to support our Vipers on the field. This is a winning combination. Come see the latest Sub-Zero, Wolf, and Cove has to offer at one of our showroom locations today. Harway Appliances, official partner of the Vandegrift Vipers. When you buy or sell a piece of property, it helps to have a friend in the business. Independence Title will pick up the ball on your transaction and take it right across the goal line. Independence is locally owned right here in Austin with deep roots in the Vandergrift community. Independence is also the Austin Business Journal's number one title company. Work with the home team at Independence Title. Call 329-5299 or go to independencetitle.com. Hi, I'm Daryl Foytick, owner of Advantage Austin Properties and a proud sponsor of our Vandergrift Vipers football team. Advantage Austin Properties is your four-point area experts for all your real estate needs. My wife, Annie, and I have been four-point area residents for over 15 years and provide potential homeowners a wealth of knowledge and information about the four-point area. Please call Advantage Austin Properties at 512-418-0594 or visit livinginfourpoints.com for more information. Mary Hardendale in Belton, Texas. Merle Bertrand here along with Hank Hudson and Scott Schaffner. Just a few moments ago, Brock Bollinger had a chance to catch up with head coach Drew Sanders down on the sidelines. Let's hear what Coach Sanders had to say about an exciting first half of football. Coach, huge first half for Deuce Adams. What are you seeing out of him so far? 
Yeah, Deuce has done a great job operating the offense and, and uh, making sure that he's being safe with the ball, um, running some when he needs to, and then dispersing it. So, yeah, I'm very proud of him. That was a physical half of football. What's your message uh, heading into halftime? Well, we've played about as bad as we can play. Um, we've made way too many mistakes on defense. They're actually being more physical than us up front. Um, and so we got to go get that fixed in, inside at halftime. All right. Thank you, Coach. Yeah. So there you go. The uh, Coach uh, Sanders added time. He played about as bad a half of football as he could play. They're up by 13 points against a decent team, but he is clearly not satisfied. No, not at all. And it's, that's kind of what I expected to hear yeah. from, from Coach going in. Yeah. I mean, uh, because I don't disagree with them. I mean, I think I think uh, you know midway. You know, regardless of the fact that they're you know the scoreboard says what it says, but just you know physically watching that battle up front, I think midway had had more energy in that first half. And there's some physical battles that the Vipers are used to winning that uh, I think went the Panthers' way that time. Coach will get that addressed at, right. uh, at halftime. I can assure you. Well, I think you're right. Some missed tackles. Uh, that we are getting out physical up front, which is the first time we've seen that. Uh, Individual battles matter a, a great deal in the trenches. You get yes. the big hog molly slopping around down there. And Midway is doing a, a nice job creating some running lanes uh, for their quarterback. Also, you know, some, uh, five, four or five-yard gains for the running backs. And then, you know, what can you say about the uh, the job that the quarterback, Ty Brown, is doing? He's going to do it with his feet. Scott, he's doing it with his arm. Oh, yeah. And he's had time to throw the football. Well, we got that Westwood quarterback that's uh, you know, probably going to be very similar to Ty Brown, and uh, Braun Rock's had a good quarterback as well, so this is a great test for these guys. Yeah, that's what Coach said coming into this thing. I mean, it, you know, it, it's real easy, you know, coming off the first couple games where, you know, most everything has kind of broken your way. Have a little adversity, you know, see what it's like, especially when you start getting to, you know, you're you know, technically on the road, but there's a good, a good midway crowd here right. tonight. They started getting vocal. More energy. You heard it from the sideline. That's right below us. Uh, probably the first time all year the Vipers have sort of faced that a little bit, but re- you know did respond well when they had to make some stops. You know, got the interception in the end zone. Um, you know, respond with a with a long drive for a touchdown to give themselves a little space. Be very interesting to see what kind of tone they set as we come out here for the second half. Well, to that point, guys. Yes, the Vipers are up 27 to 14, but they've been up by 30 or more points each of the first two games and have just been as flat as the field in the second half. So this is going to be an interesting challenge to see how they do respond to this. They still got to say the football game here. Yeah, the third quarter has not been good for the Vipers on no. offense. Uh, we haven't scored a point so far in the third quarter, Scott. So uh, get the ball to start the second half just like we did last week. Last week we come out and, you know, three and out. Uh, and so against a midway team that's, you know, shown and proven that they can move the football, that's, that's not the way you want to start the second half. Yeah, it's like you know, we make that sort of prize fight kind of analogy all the time. But, you know, as it gets into the later rounds, it, right. it, it becomes anybody's fight. And, it's, you know, the Vipers haven't gone the distance this year, really. <laughs> they, you know, they haven't had a game go deep into the fourth quarter. And, you know, as we started, we talked about at the top of the broadcast, it is a hot, muggy night yes, out there. And if you got to... If you got a dog fight going into the fourth quarter, it comes down to Will and who wants it a little bit more. So really important that the Vipers get off to a fast start in the third. 27-14 to 14 to score here at the uh, halftime break. Vipers on top. We'll take a break. When we come back, uh, Brock will jump on the microphone, give us his impressions. He's just happy to be up here in the quasi-air conditioning. And uh, heck, we'll get his stats, and we'll try to get you caught up on what's going on in the district thus far. So we'll take a quick break and be right back. You're listening to Vanderbilt Vipers Football on the Horn. Down, so 
Bassmaster. Joined by Brock Bollinger, down, uh, who was down there down on the sidelines. We heard him uh, talking to Coach Henderson a few moments ago. And, uh, Brock, we heard what Coach said, but you were down there. You got a chance to kind of read his body language and that kind of thing. He said he was uh, his his attitude matched the words. Is that pretty much uh, pretty much correct? Yeah, he was mad. <laughs> he was mad. <laughs> well, how, how it's hot down there. How much does that maybe make him even matter? Uh, and maybe maybe make the defense even a little bit matter? Yeah, I was gonna say when you know when you're already in a bad mood and then you start feeling some sweat running down to you, it usually doesn't make it any better. So. We were talking when you came up here about some of some of the close calls uh, that may be a little bit controversial. What, what are your takes on some of those? We were talking about the interception in the corner. You couldn't really see that, but there was another one that Scott was talking to you about. What was that? Yeah, Vandergriff, uh, I feel like, caught a break on this, this goal line down here. They called the quarterback short. Um, from my point of view, it looked like his elbows over the line, but they ruled him like an inch or so short, and uh, Vandergriff stood up on fourth down, fourth and goal. So they caught a break there, but... Brock, we're just really glad you're not down there wearing stripes. That's all. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad I'm not yeah. having to wear that. Like, <laughs> a lot of in the dark yeah. vest. They're trying to make us wear down there. So, so is it, is it as hot down there as it is up here, or is it worse? Uh, they're equally as bad. I don't know how you are doing it up here. <laughs> we're, we're highly trained professionals. <laughs> right, you know, right. Uh, Hank and I are getting our IV. Got our IVs in the second half. We're uh, we're, we're ready for half number two. Got to stay hydrated. Got to stay hydrated, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> so uh, big big play. Uh, on offense was the fourth and ten, where uh, Deuce Adams is rolling, uh, rolling to his right. Jay Scoglin broke his route off, ran with his quarterback to the sideline, and de- uh, delivered a, a pass. It was an absolutely picture-perfect pass. And I think you were over there on that sideline. What did that look like? That was a crazy play. That was, you know, it looked like they were. He was about to get sacked. He kind of rolled out of the, out of the, um, you know, defensive end coming in and. It, that play took a long time to develop. So credit yeah. to the offensive line being able to hold him that long, and that was that was a hell of a catch on the sideline. Well, we're watching two really really good quarterbacks, two quarterbacks in their first year with their respective programs, even though they're both seniors. How much fun is it just as a fan on the sideline where you've got that up close personal field level look? How much fun is it to watch those guys operate? Yeah, very different. Uh, their quarterback. I don't know. He couldn't hit the broad side of the bar in the first half, but they could not tackle him. Right. He he was explosive. He's a big uh, dude too. He, he looked yeah. like Tyrone Swoops yeah, out there, is what he looked like. <laughs> um, but it was he had he had one run up that sideline that was incredible. He broke about about seven tackles on that run. So that was probably why coach was so mad right there. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, statistically, the Vipers are uh, in a little bit of a dogfight in terms of what we've seen in the past two weeks. Uh, they've got about 252 yards of total offense, uh, but Midway's got about 212 total and had uh, several sustained drives. Uh, the door got closed on a really nice drive they had there on that interception by um, Jack Urkamp. But so so far in the first half, uh, Zade Oliver's got three carries for 29 yards. Uh, Miles Coleman's got three carries for 41 yards. Deuce has kept the ball four times uh, on the run, four times for 15 yards, but. Two of those were for touchdowns. Uh, Deuce Adams is also 13 out of 17 in the air for 167 yards. Six of those passes have gone to uh, Miles Coleman. Six catches for 50 yards. He's got one throw to his brother Eli, one for 16. Uh, Biggest play in the first half was uh, the reception by number 17, the sophomore, uh, Brock Chilton. Uh, that was a, a post route that the Vipers ran in the first quarter. He's got, Chilton's uh, got two receptions for 57 yards. Zade's caught two passes for 11. 
Jay Stoglin has caught one pass for 27 yards, and that was the big fourth and ten conversion. Right. And then Jordan Oliver's got one catch for 60 yards. So uh, statistically, look okay on offense. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what Midway did. Uh, what adjustments they made, but after that first quarter, you know, Vandergrift's getting nothing downfield. Yeah, I think that, like, the depths of their of their safeties, but that's the one thing that sort of strikes me, you know, coming into this game, we talked a lot about the explosiveness and those big plays by the Viper offense, and that's not something we've seen here. Credit Midway's defense. They, they clearly have scouted them well and have tried to keep the Vipers in front, make them work for it, and not really give up a big play. Right. Credit to their offensive line, too. When you have safeties that deep, usually you know, you can get ran all over. But yeah. their, their old line is out physical in Vandergrift's D-line. Yeah, yeah, right. yep. yeah, that's an observation that uh, we made up here as well, and I think Coach Sanders came to the same conclusion based <laughs> on his halftime remarks. But you know, we've seen this uh, Viper defensive line win the battle of the trenches for two consecutive weeks. So I would imagine there will be some – choice words exchanged in the locker room at halftime as they make some kind of some adjustments but uh, Midway looks very well organized they don't have uh, a great deal of penalty yardage only one penalty for five yards Vipers have penal- been penalized three times for 20 yards uh, one thing we've noticed in the first two games uh, gentlemen is five penalties in the second half during the week one win and the week two win so you know maybe some fatigue gets involved there a little bit of loss of discipline so Need to see a cleaner half, the second half. 27 to 14, the Vipers are in a position they haven't been in so far this year where they've got a, they've got a football game at halftime. Well, we'll see how it all shakes out. Brock, thank you very much. A great job as always. And hopefully when you talk to Coach Sanders at the postgame show, he'll be in a better mood than he was about 30 minutes ago. Hopefully, for my <laughs> sake. <laughs> there you go. Thank you, Brock. Yeah, good luck, Brock. We'll take a break and uh, be right back. We're about six minutes away from the start of the second half. To Hank's point, the Vipers have not come out of the locker room yet. So... Whatever they're being uh, talked to down there, and they're just now coming out. So we'll take a break. Be back in time for the second half kickoff. You're listening to Brandon Goodfarber's Football on the Horn. Welcome back to Crusader Stadium on the campus of Mary Harden Baylor University. I'm Merle Burchett, Hank Hudson, Scott Schaffner here with you. Cole Dixon doing a great job on the board. Halftime 27 to 14, Vipers on top. Awaiting the second half kickoff. We'll get you caught up on uh, the district standings. Obviously, everybody's 0-0 zero zero with this being the final weekend on district play. But up on, on the top, the Vipers come in at 2-0. and This is overall records. Westwood at 2-0. and Maynard 2-0. and Vista Ridge at 2-0. and Stony Point 1-1. and Cedar Ridge 1-1. One one. Ron Rock is now 0-3 after they dropped their game last night against Cedar Park. McNeil uh, dropped their game against Henderson last night. So they are 2-1. and one. So... We'll see how things all shake out. Everybody starts over again next week as the Vipers will open up district play at home against Stony Point and then have the bye week before gearing up for the second half of the season. But it's going to be a fun district race here, guys. Yeah, very interesting. I mean, I think that the big shocker there for me is the Round Rock 0-3 oh, to yeah. start, which you've got to believe they'll, they'll, they'll find a way to put it together. <laughs> um, they're probably playing, playing a little angry next week. Well, Cedar Park would be 2-1 and one if they played in this district. Yeah, they knocked out Cedar Ridge and now Round Rock and... Great win for Cedar Park. That was. Yeah. So the ball's on the team. McNeil. Or McNeil. Uh, Waco Midway kicking off from left to right from the 40-yard line. The ball's in the air, and we run away. Kind of a scoop kick along the ground. Takes a high hop for Brock Chilton up to the 15 to the 20 to the 25. Nice seam up the middle across the 30 and knocked out of the 34-yard line. And that is where the Vipers will start first down and 10 as the second half gets underway. Well, here we go, gentlemen. Second half. This hasn't been a good period for the Vipers so far this year, but 
now's the time to bring your A game. And I would, be, I would imagine there were some motivational speeches at halftime by the Vipers coaching staff. I'm sure that you're right about that. We'll see what kind of impact those have. But great opportunity for the Vipers to make a statement. Coming out here with the ball to start the half. Up with a two-possession lead right now, 27-14. to Moving from right to left in the row white jerseys. Gray pants, gray numerals, and the white helmet going from right to left. Adams has gone all the way at quarterback. He's in the shotgun with Oliver to his right side. And it'll be Oliver on the carryoff right tackle. Big hole out across the 40 to the 45 and out the 48-yard line, 47-yard line. That'll be good for a 14-yard pickup and a first down. And if you're questioning your team's toughness at halftime and thinking you're getting uh, kind of beat, beaten physically, that's a way to kind of set the stage right there. So we're going right. to run it right at him on the first play. Play action pass. We're going to hit a left side complete to Coleman. Gets a block on the edge across the midfield strike. Puts the shoulder down and dies to the 45. That'll be good for an 8-yard pickup. Second down and 2. Chase Coglin in that 14-yard game, guys, did an amazing job. They brought him in motion across the formation, lined him up in a wing back on the right side, made a key block that 14-yard game. Fibers going quickly, second and two from the 45. Play action again. Adams got a receiver, Coleman, open over the middle, caught at the 20, to the 15, it'll be first down and 10. And both midway players shaking up as they got their feet tangled up making that tackle, and they're both still down. I like what I'm seeing here, the Vipers sort of stretching things ver- vertically and Spreading them out a little bit. Post route right between the safeties. Yeah. And what a nice-looking ball delivered by Deuce that time, Scott. Put a little touch on it. Let the Coleman run under it a bit. And right on target. Landon Wiseman, a junior defensive back, being helped off the field. He's not putting any weight at all on his left leg. As he got tangled up with one of his players making that tackle on Coleman. That other player stayed in the game. He's been a key ingredient for that secondary tonight. Yes. That a big loss if he can't return. Bowie's leading Dell Valley 19 0 at the half. First down, 10 to the 15 yard line. Vipers trying to score quickly in the pistol with Oliver. Lined up behind Adams. One receiver to the right. Coming in motion right to left is Bryce L. Trudeau. Handoff up the middle. Oliver digging for yards. He's getting down to about the 10 yard line. A solid five yard pickup, second and five. Two tight ends lined up on the same side. I think that's my new favorite formation. You like, you like that one? Yes. That's a fun one. What else impresses me, Hank, is just watching Deuce Adams, just kind of watching, hit, you know, just the way he operates. Right. Very, very smooth, very relaxed, getting, you know, great protection in that pocket, and he just doesn't look uncomfortable at all out there, just kind of running his game. Second and five from the ten. And this is going to be Adams keeping himself off the right side. Hurdles the man at the five and down to the four-yard line. It'll be first down and goal. Great job on the mesh fake right there. Let's the running back ride. Pulls it at the last minute. Gets that field for a six-yard gain. First and goal, Vipers. Exactly the kind of drive the Vipers needed to start this half. Yep. Got to finish, though. Trips wide right in a triangle. First and goal. Hand off Oliver up the middle. Makes a nice man, a nice move and gets it down to the one-yard line. Just kind of a stop, skip, step there to the right to pick up three yards, second and goal. It was a nice little move. It twisted his body. Nice body control there from Zade Oliver. Vipers up quickly again. Adams in the shotgun. Give it to Oliver. Nope, Adams is going to keep it himself, and he tiptoes in the end zone. Touchdown, Vandegrift. Well, that was pretty much a surgical drive there by the Vipers. It was. Kind of very work, very business-like kind yes. of drive. You know, not a lot of extra fanfare, but the Vipers took care of business. Well, Deuce Adams is doing it with his feet tonight, yeah. guys. Three touchdowns rushing for Deuce. Set up by Grady. He kind of glides. He glides when yeah. he runs. Let it glide. I like that. 
Ball bear off the extra point out of the hole of the Vesta maker. Good snap and hole kick is up. And it is good. So, 9.19 to go third quarter. Vipers with the 34 to 14. We'll take a break. We'll see how the defense does. That's the big mystery question here. Ready to Vipers football on the horn. Nine nineteen to go, third quarter, thirty-four to fourteen. The Vipers with their biggest lead of the night at twenty points. And Call Bear set to kick it away here. Short kick this time, well, short for him. Is only going to land on the A and Crusaders <laughs> in the left end zone. And the Panthers take over first down ten from their own twenty-five yard line with nine nineteen to go. Give a shout out to my better half, Christina Weber Bertrand. Keeping an eye on the video stream to make sure that that's all behaving itself after a bit of a bumpy start. Thank you for everybody out there for your patience. Do you have any feedback for your cameraman? I'll ask her. <laughs> she heard you ask, and I'm sure she'll respond. Vipers go seven, seven. All the help I can get. Seven plays and 64 yards on that, 66 yards on that first touchdown drive of the second half. Two, Deuce, Deuce Adams with a two-yard touchdown run. And the handoff up the middle, breaking a tackle out across the 30, and a hard hit out to the 32-yard line. But a seven-yard pickup there for the hard-running Eduardo Longoria, bring up a second down and three. And something's kind of uncharacteristic for Viper defenses, where you're usually so sure tackling. Seeing some broken tackles tonight. Trips wide left. They give it to him again. This time off right tackle, cuts it back up across the 35, and... Submarine there at the 39-yard line, but not before picking up another seven yards first down for the Panthers. Another, another good job up front by that midway offensive line. They're creating some running lanes. Panthers go on quickly. They give it to him again up the middle. This time the Vipers collapse and knock him down after just a short pickup of a yard of the play. In there first was Adam Scott, second and nine. They're not small up there, Hank, and that's a, that's a good size O-line, and they're getting a decent push here. And Kind of establishing that running game is opening up a lot of other stuff for this Panther offense. Trips wide left, one to the near side. Longoria to the right side of the quarterback, Ty Brown. Now moves over to the left side. Panthers all in blue with the white numerals going from left to right, dropping back, looking downfield. Pocket breaks down, rolls to his left, finds himself some time. Now he's going to tuck it under and now bounce to the outside and trips out of bounds at about the 45-yard line and scramble for five yards us up a third down and four. Well, another example of that Viper defense getting pressure on the quarterback. They flushed him, right, but not able to get to him yeah. and, and finish the sack or force a incompletion. It was George Farley in pursuit, but uh, he just got kind of out racing out of the yeah. sideline. Big play here, third down and four from the 45. Trips to the near side. Dropping back. Pass over to the right side, incomplete. There were three blue shirts within about a five-yard uh, offside. Yeah, it was a free play. I mean, they drew the, drew, the, uh, drew the defensive line offside. Great discipline by the offense, but, again, another breakdown in concentration for that Viper defense, the kind of thing that isn't going to improve Coach Sanders' mood. No, it's not. And Hank talked about the penalties in the second half when we were at halftime. You know, what's interesting about this midway offensive line, guys, is they operate from a three-point stance, even the tackle. So, you know, that's typically you see that stance in an offensive tackle when they're going to run, but even when they're in pass protection, they're in the three-point stance. And off right up the middle, and shedding tackles inside the 45, down to the 44-yard line. Longoria picks up another six. Brings up a second and four. And that three-point stance, Scott, is a run yeah. offensive stance. So you've got to think their offense is oriented to try and run the football, and they've been effective so far. Two receivers in a stick in the right slot. One receiver's put out here to the near side. Dropping back. 
Pocket breaks down. He's going to step up. Got some running. It bounces to the outside. Makes the man miss. He's going to have the first down and more out of bounds at the 36-yard line. Another first down for the Panthers. Yeah, another recurring theme where good pressure initially. But then Browns find a ways to step up in the right. pocket, evade the rush, and take off running. And there's, and there's just nothing on that second level. You hate that this is happening, but you're so happy it's happening in a non-district yep. game. Because they will have all sorts of film to learn from. First down, 10 at the 37-yard line. One receiver to the left, two to the near side. Receiver comes in motion left to right. Handoff up the middle. Viper swarm this time and stack them up for maybe a couple of yards. Number 90, Porter Udy. Called his name a lot last week. That number 50, Jacob Henry. Looks like he's checked in on defense. A little two-way action for Mr. Henry. Second down and eight. Nice piece on him in the statesman by Rick Cantu, by the way. Check that out if you can. Clinch at the line, but no flag. Second down and eight from the 35-yard line. 6.55 to go third quarter. Vipers up 34-14, to 14, but the Panthers trying to get a drive together here. Five seconds on the play clock. They get it off, dropping back. Pressure coming from the edge. That's going to be a hold, but I don't see a flag. It's going to be a, a sack anyway. Or, right on cue. Yeah. yeah. There's that man. Yeah, yeah, Mickey. Yeah. Lost his helmet, but caused all kind of confusion and delay in the backfield. Splitting the double team. That's nice. Coming to make the play. Take, take, you know, take a little break, uh, break. Take your helmet off. Right. Get a breather. Well earned. <laughs> oh, big play this drive. Third down and eight. Thought there could have been a hold. I thought that uh, play, uh, Bryson Carter was held, but no flag. They might have some more fourth down drama, too, if they don't make it here. I think they're in four down territory. I think you're right. Third and eight from the 35-yard line. Brown in the shotgun. Field goals aren't going to get it done in this one. Nope. Donovan Jones, yep, back. So it's an empty back set, but the right side. Quarterback draw on the left side. To the outside of the 30, he's going to have the first down and more. They won't need to worry about fourth down. First down to Viper 25. So the Viper is typically very disciplined on defense, maintaining gap integrity and leverage, but that time both the defensive end on the right side, Scott, and the cornerback over, they got pinned to the inside. Yeah. You've got to keep that outside shoulder free. Yeah, got a great seal block on the outside and enabled uh, Ty Brown to break contain, just like you said, and kind of had a free sprint to the sticks. First down, hit at the 25-yard line, trips to the near side. Brown dropping back, looking right, fires over the right side. That ball is incomplete. Boy, he had him. He had his receiver, Jackson Baird, had the inside pass, but the ball, fortunately for the Vipers, a little overthrown. Yeah, Vipers brought pressure from the secondary that time, but it was kind of picked up by Donovan Jones. Did a nice job of, of pass protection. He had a man just overthrew him a little bit. On, right. Under that skinny post route. Second down and 10 from the 25. Same formation, trips to the right side. Viper showing pressure. Now they are going to change up the play. Jones settles in as the F back again on the left side. Viper band making noise. Second and 10. Brown going to run it on the right side, and the Viper's going to get to him this time. Pick your poison there. Five white shirts to wrap him up and knock him down for a yard loss. Second, third down, and 11. Okay, that's the way you do it right there, guys. Number 90, Porter Udy on that left defensive end spot. Did a great job with his hands there and the hand fighting and made sure he kept that outside shoulder free. And everything works when you got that gap integrity. Got a shaking up wiper. Looks like a cramp-type situation. As uh, that's Blaine Becker being stretched out by the training staff. It's our first cramp of the night. Are you keeping that stat, too, uh, Hank? Cause you know what? I was when prepared. It start, when it starts yeah. to be, you know, I think we pulled in. Uh, you know, the thermometer in, in my car said, what, 109 or yeah. something crazy? Mine hit 112. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
you know, we were really expecting some of this, uh, the cramping versus dripping springs in the first game based on what happened last year. Yeah. Right? But we didn't see any of it, none of it. Yeah. They, I think they, there's a whole different strategy around hydration yes. and other things. And so have been working on that. So probably uh, fortunate that this is the first cramp that we've seen, at least from the Viper side this, uh, this evening. Back are trotting off the field now, so that's great to see. Chris Indio on the email says, uh, Merlin team, great job tonight. You all sound great. Go Vipers. Thank you, Chris. Looks like Alex Foster hasn't played so far in the second half, so we might have him out. A little dinged up. Good thing we got some depth. Yeah, next man line. up. Next yeah. man up. We've, had some, we've shown some depth at the linebacker spot this year. There's been four or five guys that have played and played well. They gave them line of scrimmage, so third down and ten from the 26-yard line. Generous spot. I thought so, yeah. Clock continuing to roll, 525 to go in a quickly moving third quarter. Two receivers to the right, one to the left side. Line up to the left is Longoria. Receiver comes in motion left to right. Brown dropping back, looking. Swings it out to the right side, completes it to 25, and escorted out of bounds. They swing it out to the right side to Longoria. There to knock him out of bounds is Sebastian Cavetton. And that's going to set up a big fourth down here. That was a very short game. Yeah, I think he stepped out almost immediately. Looks like we might see a field goal 10 from the Midway Panthers. Huh. Well, that would put them 17 points. They're still a three-possession game. Huh? I'll take it. You're holding to a field goal up by 21 points. Especially from one from this distance. Yeah, this would be a 44 yards in the near hash. James Satterfield. Good snap and hold. Kick is up. It's got the leg. Right down and the middle. it through. Okay. So they get points out of the drive anyway. With 5.04 to go third quarter. Viper's lead has been trimmed to 34-17. We'll take a break and see how the offense responds. You're listening to Vanderbilt Viper's football on the horn. Hi, I'm Jenny Covert at Covert Chevrolet in Bastrop. The Covert's offering you more, like 6 GM service locations, free delivery anywhere in Texas, Highly qualified GM service technicians and the best of the best in customer sales and service. For 114 years and six generations, we've been family owned and operated. We prove it every day. We want to be your car dealer. Cover Chevrolet, Highway 71 in Bastrop or online at covertbastrop.com. Find new roads. Seeking specialized patient-focused orthopedic care? Contact the experts at Texas Orthopedics. Our physicians offer comprehensive surgical and non-surgical orthopedic care for children and adults. Spine care, sports medicine, trauma care, joint replacement, rheumatology, and more. Whether it's a mobility or movement issue or a traumatic injury, our goal is to get you back to good health and quality of life. Visit us at txortho.com to learn more and to schedule an appointment. Texas Orthopedics, the largest independent orthopedic practice in Central Texas. You're listening to KTAE AM Elgin K270CO Round Rock. We are the Horn. The Horn. Five oh four to go third quarter. Thirty-four to seventeen. Your score. Lapper defense holding the Panthers to a field goal. And the ball will go back in the hands of the offense. Got to keep the pedal to the metal here. Is a kickoff coming from the forty-yard line? And this one, a pretty good boot. Going to sail all the way back inside the five. Fielded there at the five. Up to the ten. Trying to get the corner turn. Giving ground. And does that. To the 15 to the 20. To the 25. And out of bounds to the 30-yard line. Nice return there by George Farley. And the Vipers will start this drive first down and ten from about the 30-yard line. George Farley putting the special and special teams there, guys. He had a lot of involvement on the offense that 
first game when Miles Coleman went down for injury and cut about three or four passes that game. Nice looking return there. Go first down or ten Vipers. Again, the email address, voiceofthevipers at gmail.com. So first down or ten Vipers. Two receivers to the right. Now they're going to send Coleman in motion right to left. So two to the near side. One split wide right. Vipers on the far hash moving from right to left. Adams. Handoff. Up the middle and hanging out of the football to the 30-yard line. That's about a three-yard pickup. That's 40, I believe, on the carry. Yes, it was. That'll be a three-yard pickup, second and seven. Vipers at home next week against Stony Point to start District 25-6A play. Second down and 10 from the 30. And now a flag. And the Vipers hurt themselves in the penalty, second down, and, well, it'll be uh, 12. He's getting to my brain. I can't even <laughs> do the math. Waco Midway Faithful are making some noise here. The Vipers are the second long. The handoff 48 up the middle. Oh, he almost broke that one. Somebody got him around the shoestring to trip him out across the 30. It's going to bring up a third down at about nine from the 29-yard line. He was just a step away from breaking that and making a big play. Kind of looking for that for the Vipers tonight. Just a a home run here. That's true. Give them a little breathing room. Blake Frazier putting his hands on the guy in a violent way in that last play. He was blocking him 10 yards down the field. They're down the long eight from the 29-yard line, coming up with a three-and-a-half-minute mark. Adams, play action, dropping back, looking, pocket breaks down, rolling to his left, directing traffic, throws it up to grabs here in the near sideline, and caught, somehow caught. Oh, wow. Eli Adams hauled it in. He had a receiver with him, and he had three blue shirts around him. Adams somehow maintained his concentration. First down, Vibers at the 26. That's just believing in your guy. You yep. know, and in, in this case, your guy happens to be your brother, which, uh, I mean, he just said, look, I'm going to throw it up, and, and we're going to let Eli make a play. He was, he was surrounded by three defenders. And his own guy. Swung out right side of Coleman. Gets a block in the edge to the 20 to the 15. Flag comes down. This one might be coming back. That block may have been a little bit too I think that might be a face there. mask on Midway. Oh, really? The quarterback no, had a holding. Oh, come on. I like what you're thinking, though, Hank. Now, it should be a spot foul. Yeah, and, you know, I don't really like that. The side judge is right there on the play. That penalty flag is thrown by the back judge all the way. He's 25 yards from the play. I thought maybe he called it. I think he called it on the block on the edge. They they on the far side. So it's a first down and 14 instead of first and 20. Three minutes to go, third quarter. Vipers up 34-17. Yeah, what a big play going back to that long pitch and catch between the Adams brothers. I mean, it's you know, Vipers would have been would have had to punt. Yeah, you know, if that had fallen incomplete. Adams dropping back, has all day looking to his right. Now spins free and chunks it over to the sideline. What a play! That's going to be the best incomplete pass we've seen this year from Deuce Adams. <laughs> live to fight, live to fight another down, and you know it's just so important. Young quarterbacks sometimes. 
you got to know when to not take the lost yardage play. Right. You know, you know, you fight to the very end, but if you can eliminate those turnovers and those lost yardage plays, you're going to have a chance to do a lot of good things. That's a nifty little pirouette. By yeah, do, you, do you use that move? All the time, yeah. Okay. Are we talking video games or are we talking in real life? <laughs> I just located my hip watching <laughs> second and 14. Pass over the middle, complete to Skolkin to the 15, and inside the 10-yard line, Skolkin, his second big reception of the night, and the second time tonight, Dale and the Vipers out of trouble. There's that man again, Hank, that tight end, quarterback's best friend, and when Deuce Adams needed a play, he goes to his tight end, Jay Skoglin. There's such a big target in there, got great hands. Pass went out right side to Coleman, but he is going to be dropped immediately, no gain on the play. They know to keep an eye on number one, I think, that was Chase White. On the stop, loss of a yard, second down a goal from the 11. Press with these midway corners, Hank, in terms of the way they're fighting off those blocks on these quick screens. Very much so. Made a quick move over the top there. Two minutes to go, third quarter. Vipers up by 17, looking for more. You talked about it in the pregame, Scott, about Skoglin or Oliver over the middle against a two-deep zone. That time he ran into acres of open space. Deuce delivered the ball for a big play. Second down and goal. Handoff up the middle. Fournier bosses to the right tackle. Inside the 10 to the 5. Driving, driving, spins into the end zone. Touchdown, Vandergrift. They run. had him at the 5, and he wouldn't go down. What a run by number 21, Brendan Fournier. Excellent ball security. Ball's high and tight. Got those five points of contact and just willed himself into the end zone. I tell you what, what I loved most about that play was, as you said, the will at the goal line. Yeah. You know, that just, you know, that, that finish, that strong finish. And determination to get in, but what I what I also loved about that was just his vision. He he showed great yep. patience in there, waiting for that crease to open up. He shot through it and powered over the goal line. Call bear on for the extra point. Good snap and hold. Kick is up. The kick is through with 135 to go in the third quarter. Vipers extend their lead to 41 to 17. I like the fact that it was Fournier who fumbled down here in that first half to set up. Uh, Wake the midway at the 11-yard line, so he gets a chance to redeem himself and comes up huge. Yep, yep, big, big series there for him. Some tough running and really good push to see him get in the end zone. Ben Shepard writing in says, Ola, gents from the Shepherds, enjoying the game and your broadcast this evening. Glad to see us get tested early in the season for all the reasons you all shared. Ben, Jill, Ryan, Tess, and Mitch on the email. Thank all you, right. sir. All right. The it's family, family night at the Shepherd House. Yeah. I like it. Jason Davis writing and says, broadcast looking good from 34,000 feet in the air, heading to the West Coast. Let's go, Vipers. Uh, uh, Coast to coast and all points in between, I guess. Well, the in-flight Wi-Fi is working for you. Yeah. Thank you, folks, for the emails at voiceofthevipers at gmail.com. By the way, Scott, Christina said you were fishing. fishing. You're fishing on your comment on the camera. Wow. Unbelievable. I'm fishing like with the camera. I'm trying to find the player. I'm fishing for uh, <laughs> validation. Christine is very uh, perceptive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, take my word for it. You can't get away with anything. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You've tried? <laughs> Kick off from the 40-yard line. Call Bear is going to put this one on the U of Crusaders. I think he's picking out a different letter each time <laughs> and trying right. to drop it. It's like a like a like bingo. It's like it's a like kicker bingo. Yeah. The drills he used to do when he tried to throw it through a yeah, tire. Yeah. Well, the Vipers go eight plays, 73 yards, two huge completions, one to his brother, 
Eli Adams from uh, Deuce, about a 48-yard pickup there, and then that big pass to Jace Goglin right up the middle for 18 yards to set up a another touchdown run, this time by Brennan Fournier, taking it out for, uh, inside uh, from 11 yards. All right, dropping back is Brown. Brings it over here to the near side, completely to the 25, up to the 30, and knocked down there at the 36-yard line. He's gained about six yards on the play before he's wrestled to the turf by Hollis for Stevens and uh, Adam Scott, second down and four. Next man up is Adam Scott. He's looking pretty good. He's had some quality reps in the first two games. Trips wide left from the 31-yard line. Brown dropping back. Fires over to the middle, complete across the 40, out to the 43. That'll be good for a Panther first down. This time hauling it in was Tyler Seif. Another good-looking throw into a small window right there, Scott Schaffner. I tell you what, yeah, I'm, I'm really impressed. And Look, this midway squad isn't going anywhere. They no. have not folded. First down, 10 at the 44-yard line. Play action again, looking, setting up a screen pass, and caught and dropped immediately. Well played that time. Sebastian Cabet coming the up to defend that perfectly. Good hands by Eduardo Longoria. That ball was a little thrown behind him, and he holds it in. Yeah, he had to get rid of it quickly. He had a lot of pressure, so I think he got, had to get rid of that before he wanted to. And, but Cavett was right there to make the play. Second and 10 from the 43. Clock moving, 30 seconds to go third quarter. Vipers up, 41-17. Good way, making a late substitution. Yeah. Trying to go 10 on 11 there. We'll yeah. take those odds. Play clock down to 8. Two receivers to the left. Handoff up the middle. Now Boston to the right, cuts back to the left, nowhere to run. Viper defense will stack that up for a two-yard loss. And on the stop for the Vipers was Cruz Carrasquillo along with Adam Scott. And that is going to be your final play of the third quarter. Good quarter for the Vipers. They've got to keep it up for another 12 minutes here. 41-17 to 17 to score. The officials don't realize the scoreboard's hit zero. And now they finally catch it. So we've reached the end of the third quarter, 41-17. to 17. We'll take a break and be right back. You are listening to Brandon Vipers football on the horn. Talking to your kids about the dangers of vaping can be hard. Getting them to listen to hot gossip is easy. So here's some drama you could share with your kids. Dude, did you hear about Cassie and Jake? No, but did you hear that vaping can cause irreversible lung damage and nicotine affects brain development? <gasps> Nuh-uh. You don't need to gossip if you want to have an open conversation about vaping. So if you want to get tips on when and how to talk to your kids, visit talkaboutvaping.org. Brought to you by the American Lung Association and the Ad Council. My name is Jamie Bowles, and I was diagnosed with non-small cell lung cancer in December of 2018. Nobody would even know looking at me that I have stage 4 lung cancer, and I'm grateful for biomarker testing for that. When I was sitting down with my oncologist, there was already a state-of-the-art medication available that I was going to be put on right then and there. Ask your doctor how comprehensive biomarker testing before treatment may help you decide on the best treatment. Visit noonemissed.org to learn more. A public service message from Longevity Foundation. Vipers 12 minutes away from closing out the non-district portion of the schedule at 3 and also has some work to do here. Right now, the coaching staff not really paying attention to the scoreboard. They want to see this defense get better. I think it's about winning the fourth quarter. I think you're right. And it is now a third and 12. With the Panthers going from right to left. Ball spotted on their own 42-yard line on the far hash. Trips here to the near side. Midway does a good job with that ball snap count. And a couple of 
Offsides, penalties against that Viper D, which is not characteristic. They're down at 12. I'll be very curious where they wind up this season. Dropping back, looking downfield, pass into the near side, complete to the 45, and good open field tackle there by Blaine Becker to get back to the original line of scrimmage, maybe a yard beyond. It sets up a fourth and nine from the 45-yard line. Kind of interesting call here for Midway. Yeah. Go for it and minus territory. You kind of have to. Kind of have to. But it looks like they're going to punt it. You wonder if this is different in a non-district game versus a district yeah, game. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. you got to wonder if the anxiety of influence of all the pressure throughout the game so far you know, triggered a little bit of a twitchy throw right there because, you know, he throws a, a pass that's about a four-yard route on third and 11. Gotta, that's true. Got to think that there's been a death of a thousand cuts. He's been he's been under withering pressure all night. High booming punt. Coleman tells everybody to get away from it. It takes a Panther roll all the way down to the nine-yard line. So that pretty much flipped the field. What was that about a 51-yard punt with no return? The Vipers do take over though. First down and ten with a chance to really go into the Python offense here and squeeze the life out yeah, of the Panthers. Yeah, we've seen we've seen that from the Vipers before, where they you know can bleed the clock and then kind of punch it in for really any kind of score at this point. The clock is their friend. Another great shift in that big front five. It's a good-looking group of hog mollies as we've had. Yeah, they look good getting off the bus. Yeah, they did. No line. <laughs> what those guys getting off first? So first down and 10 from your own nine-yard line. And straight ahead handoffs. Eight Oliver straight ahead running out to about the 14-yard line. Stays about five, uh, six yards on the play. Make it five, second and five. Vipers will be in no hurry here. It'd be interesting to just kind of keep an eye on that play clock and see how Deuce Adams and the offense work that all the way down. They've definitely got a higher tempo than this, but still no huddle. Second down and four, officially from the 15-yard line. Hand off again, Oliver, and he picks his way up. it off left half across the 20, out to the 25-yard line. Out to the 26, that'll be good for a Viper first down. Seen some good things from both running backs tonight. They're a nice one-two combination. We're 18, Bryce L. Trudeau with those tight ends. Got two of them in the game now, and he's putting in a really good shift. Got to be able to block, got to block first to play tight end on this team. Yep. I think in this day and age, the way the, you know the tempo at which these offers, these offenses operate, you almost have to have two backs. I think you're right. Yeah. Oliver again off the left side, across the 30, out to the 33-yard line. Got a feeling that maybe this Waco Maywood difference is getting a little tired now. I think you're right. Merle and Jay Skoglin doing his usual amazing job blocking that time. From what I understand, by the way, they hate being called Waco Midway. Did They're they? actually from Hewitt. The Hewitt? Okay. It's outside of Waco, but it's Waco Midway, and it's hard. Those old habits die hard. <laughs> 72, Jackson Barr in the game at left guard for Jacob Henry. Lost his helmet again. Yeah, we need to tighten that, uh, <laughs> tighten that bonnet a little yeah, bit. When you wear different helmets, you know, it's hard to find. Yeah. Get a right fit sometimes. Second and three, hand off to Fournier straight ahead. He puts his head down and dies across the 35 out to the 36. The Vipers will move the chains. You got two helmets. One of them always fits better than the other one. That's yeah, the but deal. you guys wear them looser. Yeah. I remember they give That's me true. a headache and kind of squeeze your brains out <laughs> yeah. back in the day. But, but the he- helmet technology has evolved. 
Quite a bit. slightly. There's an <laughs> uh, <you laughs> amazing invention called a face mask. <laughs> did you play that? Yeah, well, yeah, I played the same time you did. So. Exactly. That's <laughs> why so we're on radio, not uh-huh. television. That's right. First time, 10 to the 36-yard line. Play action, passing out left side, complete to Eli Adams, and he's going to be knocked out of bounds at the 45-yard line, but that'll be good for another, oh, nine yards, let's call it, second and one. Lindsey Watson says, nice to hear the broadcast band back together. Merle Hankins, Scott, <laughs> stay cool, fellas. All right, we're trying. Thank you, Lindsey. Second and one. Right side to Coleman. Oh, he slipped down trying to make a cut at the 47-yard line, but good for a first down. That's about the only way to tackle Miles Yeah, but a collective gasp from the uh, Viper fans on that. Uh, Miles is just fine. He's okay. Well, Deuce has got such a compact and efficient throwing motion, too. I mean, he really, in arm strength, I mean, he doesn't take a big wind-up, gets his feet set, the footwork's really good. He says this sort of... Kind of sense of calm. Mm-hmm. Even when the pocket's breaking down. Sorry, sorry, Merle. That's all right. First and ten at the 48-yard line. Hand off 48. He's going to cut it back up inside the 45. Dragon tackles down to the 40. The Vipers are moving left. They're moving right. They're moving up to the middle. And most importantly, they're moving down the field. Second and two. And then that one-two punch in the backfield there. you got Fournier and Oliver in there at the same time. So... They've already killed off four and a half minutes here in this fourth and final quarter. Vipers up 41-17. The Python offense, Merle. Is that the first time you've said that? I don't know. Four-minute offense, but that's something we've seen this Viper like unit do. Very snake appropriate, yeah. yeah. Second and two from the 40. One receiver left, one receiver to the near side. Handoff now. To Zade Oliver. He breaks the tackle. To the 30, bounces to the right side of the 25 foot race. Tricked up at the 20 yard line. Saving a tackle for a touchdown for now was Canyon Martin, but it's going to be first down and 10 Vipers inside the red zone. Good fundamentals right there by Zade as he breaks into the open field, Scott. He moves the ball from his left hand up to his upfield arm, keeping the ball away from the defender. Yeah. Nice looking run. Protect that football, especially right now. Gets it back off. Left tackle this side. The 15 to the 10. Tripped up inside the 10. It'll be first and goal. Vipers from the 9 officially. A couple really good runs from Zade Oliver that time. But a couple gaping holes from that O-line. They're starting to impose their will. You got three of the four defensive linemen from Waco Midway. Hands on the hips. Trying yep. to relieve some of that pressure on the sternum. <laughs> we started breathing breathing deep. Sucking in the... <laughs> Just like, like a true python. Yeah, sucking... Sucking the life out of them. You mean kind of like me right now? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> First and goal at the nine. Eli Everson wide left. Split wide right is Jordan Oliver. Said Oliver to the left side. They give it to Oliver. Cuts it up inside the five. Hit hard inside the five. Down to about the three. It'll be second and goal. Another gaping hole to run into. And you've got everybody closer to the line of scrimmage. Because you're so close to the goal line. <laughs> Viper's offensive line is still earth moving down there, Scott. How many, how many pass plays on this drive, Hank? Uh, one. Yeah. This has been all on the ground yeah. almost, yeah. No, two, I'm sorry. Two, two, two yeah. yeah. But they were both short, kind yeah. of swing passes. Started at what, the 11-yard line? Mm-hmm. Second and goal from the three. One receiver left, one to the right side. Adams, why not give it straight ahead running? And this time they're going to stack up Zane Oliver to the two. 
sets up a third and goal from the two. That's the bad news. The good news is the clock continues to roll. Coming up on the five-minute mark. Third and goal from the three. Vipers sucking the life out of the game. Yeah, in no hurry whatsoever. No hurry whatsoever. They're kind of watching the... There's a huddle, Merle. Yeah, kind of. Haley's Comet. What is that thing where everybody's together? (laughs) Yeah. Haley's Comet. They might call a timeout. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, Clay is going to take down. The Vipers do take the timeout. They work the clock all the way down. The 4.43 left. It's third and goal for the two when we come back. So if you don't make it here, I think you go for it again. I, do, I agree. I agree. I mean, it's, it's the way your offensive line has just been pounding away. Yep. I think you challenge you challenge your big boys up front to say, look, I'm giving you two plays. You, it better only take one. Right. <laughs> don't put that kind of pressure on me, but let's get this thing in here. Let's uh, – there's a touchdown at this point, I think, just given the – I mean, it, and they've done exactly what you said at the start of this drive, kind of burn through some clock. Right. Well, and then, worst-case scenario, you don't convert, and you've got a you, you know, four-possession lead, or four-score lead, and they got to go 97 yards. So, yeah. And uh, tip of the cap to the defense. They've given up a field goal in the second half. Very yeah. much so. Very yeah. much so. And kind of whatever uh, pep talk they were given in the, at, at halftime. It worked. It seems to have registered. Yeah. So the, the Midway's only had two possessions this entire second half, so time of possession absolutely being dominated by the Vipers. They had the first possession of the, of the second half. They went 10 plays and kicked a field goal, and then got one first down in the second possession, had to punt the ball away. And that was with 10 minutes remaining in the fourth quarter? Uh, hats off, the, yeah, hats off to the midway football team, though. They've made yeah. this thing interesting, and I think they've tested the, way, the, the Vipers in ways that they haven't been tested and have needed to be tested. Yeah. They're about to be a very dangerous and overlooked yep. 0-3 team. Yep. All right, the Vipers come out in their stick formation. That means they're going to put Adams up on the center. Then he's going to split out. And Wildcat are probably because they do That's what they're doing. Adams lines up here to the near side. with two backs lined up to the right side. Wildcat to Oliver, and he uh, he saw a flag. Flag comes in, and this will now be third and goal from the seven. Yeah, blow I'm not sure if you saw that. We've got uh, Jacob Henry in there at fullback. The refrigerator package, if you will. Do you think he's making an appeal to get the football at any point? <laughs> they gave him the ball last week. <laughs> yes, they did. They gave him the ball. It's tough, and, you know, just as the Viper band did on their end of the field, the Midway band is making things difficult That's for that Viper offense to a operate. Great point. Yes, indeed. The bands are each at the respective 10-yard line, so they are making noise again. The pageantry of college high school football. I love it. I love it. Third and goal from the seven. Five to spread it out now. Oliver split to the left. Now the center in motion to the right side. Empty back set. Adams dropping. Looking right. Looking left. All day. Back pedaling. Pressure coming. Steps up through the pressure. Got some running up to his right. Still has the football. Fires on the right side. Oh, the low caught touchdown. Jordan Oliver. Somehow they lost him in the corner of the end zone. What about the protection? And what about the patience of Adam? And I tell you what, Adams is one cool customer. Man. I mean, that was unbelievable. He's sort of running around, and yeah, that was awesome. And, and you know, great job by Jordan Oliver to kind of not give up on that play either. Find a little open seam in the yeah. defense, and coverage can stay with you only for so long. But what a play! He's just so composed, Deuce Adams. I mean, just absolutely. Looks like he's out for a Sunday stroll right there, and. 
Yeah, I think he could have run and potentially gotten in the end zone. But yeah. But as you said, he's always keeping his eyes downfield, knowing that look, once he starts to take off to run, he's committed. Yeah. And those, you know, sometimes that that green can shrink quite a bit once you tuck it and defense starts coming after you. So he's gonna hang on as long as he needs to, and made a great play. Again, what a drive! Again, the scramble drill you talked about, Scott. You saw the re- the receivers all broke off their routes and started ro- uh, rolling with their quarterback to that near sideline. Jordan Oliver was standing all alone. Call Bears extra point was good, by the way. 48 to 17 with 4:25 to go. Yeah, Oliver did a nice job of sort of ensuring that his that he had a foot in bounds. Yeah, yeah. I think that was, you know, that was a concern over there. Official right on the spot, and he had to do a little tight roping. Right. On that sideline to stay in. I think he got them both in, too. It was good even on Sundays. (laughs) What a drive by the Vipers. They go 89 yards, eat up about six and a half minutes off the clock. Really putting the game to bed. Well, we said win the second half, and they've done that 21-3 in the second half thus far. What a great response from the Vipers' D. They haven't had many plays to get on film. Sometimes the best defense is a good offense. That's right. The Python offense. Taking some air out of the football. Short, high pitch. Going to be fielded. Fair catch call for him. Made it the five-yard line. So, a pass will take over first and 10 to the 25-yard line. <laughs> Excuse me. You know the only person happier than Coach Sanders right now? Is Brock. Is Brock, yeah. yeah that's right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah it should be a little bit of a different. Mood. Although, you know what? I have a feeling this is going to be one of those games that yeah. you know, Coach is going to sort of t- focus more on kind of the lessons as, as opposed right. to. I mean, I think he's going to be pleased with his team's effort in the second half. Which, yeah. You know, clearly it's been, they've been a more physical football team in the second half, which is what Coach uh, asked for. I'm sure you know, made an appeal for it in the locker rooms, but I'm sure he'll uh, he'll point out the things that they need to study and work on during the week to get ready for district play. Scott off up the middle, pick up about three yards on the play, second and seven. Scott Buchanan, number 20, a junior linebacker making the tackle there. He's my neighbor. Yeah, you mentioned him uh, yeah. before we went on the air. Yeah. Right. Second down, new quarterback in, by the way, it looks like for the Panthers. Pass one out here to the near side, complete to the 25, makes the first man miss, and out of bounds at the 32-yard line, complete the number six. Escorted out of bounds for the Vipers. That was Scott Buchanan again. Marshall Cole by the reception. Number 23 there, defensive back Will Lyons did a good job defeating the block. Ty Brown's night is done, but boy, what a night he had. Yeah, no kidding. Very impressed with him. Isaiah Alexander, the new quarterback in, third down and two. I think he'll be in the Whirlpool bath tomorrow. Yep. And off up the middle. And nice adjustment to the right side. Viper defense collapses, and I think, well, it depend on the spot. They might give them enough to the first down. Yep, they're going to give it to them. First down and 10 at the 35-yard line. Clock continuing to roll, however. 3.37 to go in the ballgame. Viper's up big, 48-17. Number 73, big Scotty Frazier, senior defensive lineman in that nose guard spot in the tackle last time. And off up the middle, and this time swallowed up for about a two-yard pickup. Going to bring up a second down and eight. Adam Scott right there. That's how you fill a hole as a linebacker, gentlemen. Step step up, take on the blocker, clog the situation up, and then 
Go ahead and make the tackle as well. Getting a good look at some of these uh, the, uh, the expanded Viper depth chart here. Which, yeah. you know, they, these guys are the ones that are, that are the next men up and generally play an important role as the season goes on. So it's good to see them getting season. some work. Yep. And off right side. And the defensive front very solid that time. Stacks that up for no gain. Going to bring up a third down and eight. Adrian Macklin, senior defensive lineman. One of the captains for today. He's in the stop that time. Wholesale substitutions. Micah Thomas on the previous carry. Third down and eight coming up here from the 37-yard line. Inside of two and a half to go. Isaiah Alexander, a senior, closing out this game for the Panthers. And off left side, and he is not going to get anywhere. Grab and hold, hanging on for dear life for the Vipers. Hunter Bice, a senior, tackle for a loss, fourth down. Nice yeah. job, Mr. Bice. Yeah, right nice there. play by Hunter Bice there. You talk about attacking that outside shoulder, kind of getting upfield and really setting the edge. No place for them to go. Well, we mentioned 60, what, 61 seniors. So when these guys get a chance to play, they're going to get after it. We're 52. Linebacker Dylan Linehan, a senior, also get involved in the action. George Farley awaiting the punt on his own 35-yard line. High, short kick. Fair catch call for made in traffic. Bobble it, but held out to it at the 38-yard line. Nice concentration, and the Vipers will get it back. How many, how many football teams in America do you think can go like a depth chart theoretically, three deep, three deep with all seniors almost? Oh, I, mean, I know. That's crazy. I know. That's an insane statistic. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you keep thinking we've been we've been counting the seniors. You know, I guess four years now. And it was in, 40, in the 40s, you know, in the 45, yeah. and you get 51, 61. 61. That's, that's crazy. I'm not a math major, but you can only play 11 at a time. <laughs> that's right. Adam stays into the game, however. First down and 10. He's just going to hand off straight ahead. This is going to be a new running back. Going to be stacked up at the line of scrimmage. This is number 14, Ken Sullivan. He had a nice game last week, late in the game against Cedar Park. Yes, he did. Came in and kind of took some air out of the game. For 14, yes. that's... Gus Collins? 14? Yeah, who is that? It's Ken Sullivan. Sullivan. Oh, Sullivan. Yep. I'm sorry. I had an old roster. I will maintain that the Viper second unit would make the playoffs in this district. I say that almost every year. You might be right. I hope we don't have to find out. I hope we don't have to find out. (laughs) Right. And now the victory formation as the clock is inside of a minute to go. They'll snap it one more time, and that'll be it. Letting the play clock tick down all the way. 40 seconds left. Adams takes it. Got to bring up a third down. That is all academic. Big number 70, Austin Lewis, the junior defense, uh, junior offensive lineman's in the game. I think that's that's the ball game. That's all she wrote. A very impressive second half by these fighters. Very much so. So I think they whatever words of uh, encouragement was in their coach. Imparted at halftime, the boys took it to heart. So, really good to see them fight back against a you know really really good football team, and maybe a little bit of a surprise uh, at how um, you know how competitive and you know how just frankly how, how how good this midway team was, especially offensively. I mean, they really you know showed some showed some yeah. things that uh, the Vipers haven't seen much of this year. But what a great opportunity to get some things on tape, some good good lessons to 
to apply for next week's practice as they get you know, ready for the games that count just a little bit more. That's exactly right. You get the win and you get stuff to work on. A coach's dream right there. 41-17, to 17, your final score. 48-17. to 48-17, sorry. That's okay. I'm trying to give away points here left right. <laughs> I've got to write the scoreboard for what it's worth. I tell you what, I will be interested, Merle Bertrand, as you mentioned earlier, to see what comes of this Waco Midway football team. They're 0-3. Right. But you mentioned the first two games they had a lead going to the fourth quarter. And you know, uh, on the balance of things versus the previous two games, it's the best team we played this year. Uh, certainly the most explosive player in their quarterback, the, the transfer, number 10, Ty Brown. So... Uh, it's always a competitive district up here, but you gotta, you've got to expect they, them to be competitive for the district title race. They've got one more non-district game. They play at Rockwall Heath next week, so that'll be a good challenge for them. Uh, and then they'll have a, a six-game uh, district run. So we'll see what they do, see how they wind up at the end of the year. But we know the Vipers are 3-0 and with the big win here tonight, 48-17. to So we'll take a break. We'll come back with our hallmarks. Brock will catch up with Coach Tanner down on the sideline, and uh, hopefully Coach will be in a better mood than he was at halftime. And uh, we'll be back to uh, for the postgame show here. 48-17, Vipers with the win on the road at Mary Harden Baylor against the Waco Midway Panthers. You're listening to Vanderbilt Vipers football on the horn. Hey, Viper fans, Coach Sanders here with what we begin to call the Viper Minute, where we just kind of just talk about the things that are important to Viper football besides just the X's and O's. Um, we are still in our hallmarks, discipline, effort, toughness, and honor, and, and toughness is the word of the day today. And a lot of people um, will think immediate physical toughness when they see this, and believe me, that's really true. You know, we, we try to teach our guys to be physically tough by doing tough things, having having hard practices, uh, having a really tough off season, um, all of those things, yes, are critical. But I think one of the key aspects of this that's often overlooked is this mental toughness aspect. You know, you, you think about it, some of the people listening, like, where did you learn the ability to deal with tough times in your life? Maybe um, from mom, dad, but I'd be willing to bet most people listening also were athletes and they had disappointment in their lives. Uh, where they weren't the starter all of a sudden, or they didn't play as good as they wanted. They dropped a big pass that they shouldn't have dropped, or they missed a tackle. Um, you know, those things are tough, and now the answer is how do you overcome it? And the thing, the thing with football is so difficult is if I don't play good, i got to wait a whole week till I get a chance to do it again. You know, baseball, basketball, you know, all i got to do is my mind's got to play tricks with me for a, a day, and I'll have another game. While in football, like, it can really get in your head. And so I think this mental toughness aspect is probably overlooked a lot um, as far as what I'm talking about there. Can you handle hard coaching? Can you handle um, going home and, and having a little bit um, anxiousness about your play? How are you going to handle your performance if it's not exactly right? Um, and then, you know, the, the simple things of, like, playing through heat and, and things like that, too. But I think the mental toughness aspect is the, the key point of what I'm talking about when I say toughness, toughness, who's a, man, who's a toughest man in here? And they answer, they all answer, I am sir, because toughness is a mentality. So that's what we mean when you hear us talking about our hallmark of toughness. on the season over the Wake of Midway Panthers. Noah Bertrand, Hank Hudson, and Scott Schaffner here closing this one out. 
And uh, Hank, uh, you've had a chance to kind of tabulate the stats. Got to be pretty impressive on the offensive side as the Vipers cracked the 40-plus mark for the third straight game. Yes, indeed. And uh, Cole in the studio said, man, the game just flew by. And it's 9.37 in the second half. And the Vipers just sucked all of the air out of the game with methodical drives. That last drive took five and a half minutes, but the final tally looks pretty good for the Vipers on offense. Uh, Deuce finished with 21 completions on 27 attempts for 306 yards and one touchdown pass to Jordan Oliver. Jordan caught two passes for 14 yards in that one scoring catch. Uh, Mr. Skoglin, Jay Skoglin, had two big catches for 45 yards, one on a fourth and ten. Might have been the offensive play of the game. Uh, we had Deuce's little brother Eli caught three balls for 73 yards and a highlight reel. Yeah, that's ES- another candidate for catching the game right there. <laughs> ESPN. I'm not yeah. sure how he caught that thing, but it uh, tremendous play there. Uh, Miles Coleman, I've got him for 10 catches and 108 yards. Keep in mind these are unofficial stats. I missed his yardage sold by about 30 yards uh, last week. Uh, on the rushing side, Brendan Fournier, I've got him for six carries and 41 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Zay Oliver, 11 carries and 113 yards is what I've got, uh, and also a touchdown run from him. Deuce carried the ball six times, only for 25 yards, but three scoring runs. So uh, pretty impressive offense performance again. They're going to be near, uh, the, they're going to be in the 450-plus yards on total offense. Big difference in the second half. In terms of the defensive uh, performance, Midway didn't get that many plays. They had an eight-play drive to start the second half on their first possession, ended up in a field goal, and they only had two other possessions. Wow. So uh, a field, uh, a punt, and, uh, and then that last punt to end the game. So the Vipers' offense just kept them off the field, and when they did have the ball, they just couldn't do as much in the second half as they did in the first when they seemed to have a better run of the play. Yeah, one of the things that really struck me as you are reading those stats, especially the offensive ones, Hank is um, just the balance and right. how many different guys contributed. And, you know, it's one thing where you can talk about the, you know, the marquee names and the Miles Coleman. Like if you're, if you're a team trying to figure out how to game plan against that offense, like where, where do you even start? Right. Um, you right. know, you think about, okay, I'm going to shut one guy down. You know, there's there's three others that are going to, you know, eat your lunch. Um, and this is the first time I've had a chance to watch Deuce Adams play kind of in person and just really impressed with his poise. Um, that dude does not get rattled. I mean, yeah. you see pockets break down. I mean, he was almost just calmly standing back there when he's got guys flying around him, and he sort of rolls out, never takes his eyes off, you know, what's going on downfield, and you know, kind, calmly finds an open receiver after having scrambled around for about ten seconds. So, yeah, really impressed with him, what he can do with his legs, what he can do with his arms. But he's got a lot around him. He's got a, a, yeah. an O line that's keeping him, you know, his his uniform very clean. Um, you know, opening holes for guys running the football. He's got a couple backs he can hand it to and a lot of weapons outside, including his brother and, you know, a, a tight end, which can, that, that can be his best friend. But a lot of guys got involved. A lot of guys, How many different guys scored touchdowns tonight? Uh, so we had, uh, let's see, four. So uh, uh, two running touchdowns, one by Fournier, one by Zade Oliver, the one touchdown pass to Jordan Oliver. And then Deuce scored three on his own, but he did he did target six different receivers. Yeah, so it was uh, spreading the so you need more footballs for that for that offense, I think. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. I didn't mention uh, the sophomore. I got to make sure we get him in there. Uh, number seventeen, he caught two passes for um, two passes for fifty-seven yards. That big Brock Shilton. Yeah, Brock Shilton. That big forty-five-yard gain in the first half was the longest uh, play from scrimmage. For the entire game, I think. Yeah, I was also impressed with him as a kick returner. You know, yes. he, he shows no fear. I mean, that, that is kind of you got to have a kamikaze mentality to kind of run it up in there and 
you know, the opportunities he had where they kicked it a little bit short. I mean, he, uh, he was a step away from kind of breaking loose there, too, so that was good to see. And then, of course, the defense, um, I think, of course, offense taking a lot of pressure off of them in the second half, sure. but they did respond, um, I think, uh, to, the, to the challenge of maybe, um, you know, getting out muscled a little bit in the first half or at least tested, you know, uh, um, in, a, in a bigger way than they've been tested in their first couple contests. But, you know, happy with the way they responded, but glad to get some of those things on tape because I guarantee you that they'll, oh, yeah. they'll, be, they'll be working those, uh, those kinks out this week. Um, and, and what you want to see is your team just to continue to develop and get better each week, and um, I think that's what we're seeing. Well, I also thought it was interesting, and something you talked about, Scott. We didn't see really a big play. Yeah. The Vipers, the past first, first couple of games, chunk it down the field, Adams to Adams, big score right away. We didn't really see much of that. There were some big plays, but it was like off a short pass that they, they turned into a big play. It was more of a grind control kind of offense that we hadn't really had it really hadn't had to rely on, but it really came in handy, especially in the second half on a hot night to keep your defense Yeah, the field. I, I think that's a great point, Merle, because that, that um, you know, sometimes those big plays can kind of bail you out, give you sure. a little bit of a self, you know, you know one, one big play, a busted coverage, and you take advantage of it, and you feel pretty good about yourself because you scored a bunch of points. But, you know, to sustain those drives means you've got to execute play in, play out, and, you know, credit uh, Midway's defense because, you know, they – they knew that one of the things they had to do coming in here was prevent those explosive plays and make the Vipers earn it, right? Um, which is what they did. Yeah, and I think the game plan from Midway was really well executed on both yeah, sides yeah. of the ball. They came out and did some impressive things in the first half behind a big old line. Uh, and on the defensive side, they just didn't they didn't give much opportunity for shots down the field. Safety's playing 15 yards off the ball. I mean, it's just you're going to have to work some you know, under, underneath stuff, uh, move the ball effectively. I mean, we had. Three possessions in the you know, the last possession we had a fourth possession with only two plays we took a knee, but you go three possessions in the second half and you score th- three touchdowns. Uh, in the first half you had a fumble and a punt, but you know the Vipers in terms of offensive efficiency are looking pretty solid. Well, Cole, I'm going to ask you. Did you get the interview from uh, Brockett? I saw him talking to Coach about five minutes ago. You got it? Okay, let's go ahead and uh, and cue that up, and then we'll come back and wrap this thing up. A few moments ago, Brock had a chance to talk. The head coach, Drew Sanders, let's get his thoughts on tonight's game. You held them scoreless in the second half. What was your message to your unit at halftime? I thought they got a field goal, didn't they? I they got a field goal. At yeah, okay. I think we were 14. They got a field okay. goal. But, um, you know, for us, I mean, they, they were doing just a really good job of running the quarterback. Previously heading into this game, we knew he was a good runner, but they hadn't actually risked him to run him. And they said, I guess, just uh, screw it. We're just going to run him every down. So we we just had a really hard time of tackling that big sucker. I didn't know he was Tim Tebow, you know. <laughs> so that's what happened to us there in our lull in the second quarter. Mm-hmm. We, um, Coach Coach Young, Coach Griffin, the other defensive coaches did a great job of kind of suggesting a couple of just simpler things. Um, and we kind of were able to make some, um, some key tackles and key stops on third downs in the second half and then held them there on the – on the uh, for three points so really proud of our guys adjustments we had you know a couple injuries and we got to deal with that but uh, guys stepped up you're three and oh in non-district uh how are you feeling heading into district play well, i mean that's as good as you can feel right i mean going three and oh is good as good as you can do so we did what we needed to do um now are we playing perfect games no but i mean part of it is we're playing really good people you know i mean cedar park just beat round round you know and so it's just uh, six eight balls, no joke, you know. And so every week we got to bring our A game. And I don't, I think we had a little low where we didn't bring our A game um, in the second quarter. And we just, you know, we'll continue to work and build. And but really proud of the guys. Um, 
you know, to go out and I don't thirty something point victory. I mean, it's just always good to do that. And uh, on the road in an in a un, unfamiliar environment to a lot of our guys, uh, just just proud of that. We'll enjoy this one, and then we'll get back. We got Stony Point next week, and we gotta gotta go one and zero in district. I got a follow-up question on something you just said. Do you check I, other game scores during during the game? Or oh no, or never, never. Like Cedar Park won last night. Okay, um, that's what I was talking about. Okay. But no, I I could care less about scores during the game. Now, as soon as the game's over, for sure I'm checking scores. Uh, but during the game, never. I, I, we have so much we're worried about during, especially this game. Like we had to make some serious halftime adjustments. Because I mean, hats off to them. They did a very good job. Coach Anderson does a good job. He he is he's getting that program headed in the right tra- uh, trajectory. Um, but hats off to the Vipers tonight. We got it done. All right, awesome. Thank you, Coach. Thanks. All right. Thank you, Brock. Yeah, that's, that's pretty funny. I remember last year when we were trying to figure out if we were going to go Division One or Division Two, and uh, McNeil almost pulled off the big upset, which would have sent us in uh, to Division One. As soon as I got the final that uh, they had come up just a little bit short, I texted Coach. So I know he's I know he's eager for scores at the end of the game, but definitely yeah. not during the game. <laughs> Was he in a better mood, Brock? He was. He was. I had too many brain farts. I didn't get to ask him the question I wanted to. But what's the question you wanted to hit him with? Uh, I wanted to hit him with uh, ask him if he was a parrot head and if he dedicated this win to the late Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> oh, I know what a parrot head is. And yeah. Actually, I'll tell you a story at some point. I'm on one of Jimmy Buffett's live albums, along with about twenty thousand other people. <laughs> <laughs> Singing along, but I was there. <laughs> and uh, good, nice, nice little uh, shout out to uh, tribute to Jimmy Buffett there. There you <laughs> go. R.I.P. So uh, yeah, you know. What was the move in the sideline, sidelines on the second half? Was it different than the first half? They seemed to come. We were worried how they're going to come out in the second half. What was it like down there? Yeah, the the defense um, came off dancing after multiple drives, which wasn't something you saw a lot in the first half. Uh, but overall, it was it was a lot better environment over there. Right. Um, a lot more, a lot more happy faces and less uh, screaming coaches for sure. Yeah, I, one of the questions I wanted to, ask, you know, ask him is like, what, what exactly did he say at halftime? <laughs> you know, yeah. What was it? He kept him in there a while. You wonder he what did. the message was to his squad at halftime if there was some motivation or if it was more kind of working the whiteboards, kind of what the what the tone in that uh, locker room was. Well, I'll be sure to ask him that on Wednesday yeah. when I talk to him before the pregame interview because it was definitely a, di- a different environment for the defense uh, after giving up all those points in the first half. They only give up three in the second. Really. You know, they, they defense looked like a really good Viper defense again, Hank. Absolutely, and I think we kind of saw, uh, saw an interesting peek behind the curtain. You know, the Wizard of Oz, no paying no attention to the man behind the curtain, when uh, Coach Sander talked about his assistants suggesting some simpler things to uh, combat what we were seeing that first half, where the, you know, the quarterback getting outside the pocket, those kind of things. And we, we didn't see that. We saw uh, harder edges being set. Uh, force, you know, force players, edge players doing their job, and didn't he didn't have as much except running in the second half, except on that opening drive. But uh, interesting to hear Coach Sanders talk about that interaction between his assistants and the adjustments they made at halftime. Well, he's got new guys. He was worried about his secondary. It's a lot of new faces, and they're good players. They're just going to take some time. I think sometimes maybe you go back to what you did last year. It was so complicated, had so much success. Slim it down just a little bit. Go back to fundamentals and get the job done, and then build off of that. Yeah, and I think you know, Hank, you made a good point there about just the kind of the faith that Coach Sanders has with, you know, his, his assistant coach. He's got Nate Griffin and Josh Young, and the defensive coach. And, 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 look, those guys can probably complete each other's sentences, yeah. you know, when it comes to, you know, talking about coaching defensive football. So um, it just kind of gives you a sense for how important that, you know, continuity and trust is on a coaching staff that they can make those kinds of adjustments on the fly. And, you know, you, you can see it sort of come to life right in front of you. There was a uh, there was a big elephant in the room in my, my, half, or my post-game questions, which I – I didn't even attempt to because I knew he wasn't going to say anything about it. But injuries, 
Yeah. It's going to be a huge story going into next week, for sure. Well, hopefully they can uh, get better and get, get by Stony Point, and hopefully the injuries won't be serious enough. they got the bye week after that. So if you can get to Stony Point, maybe let some guys heal up and uh, have two weeks off. So hopefully uh, the Vipers but, can get um, it. It's sort of 6A is big boy football, yeah. as we say. Yeah. And, and it's sort of, you know, a lot of these football seasons are a bit of a war of attrition, which is, you know, why it's important. We saw some of the guys, you know, the guys that are a little further down on the depth chart get some meaningful right. time here tonight. That's why it's so important because you just never know when those guys are going to be thrust into out of a situation where they've got to step up because somebody in front of them gets nicked and they can't, you know, can't get in there for a play or two or, you know, an entire game depending right. on what the case may be. So they just got next man up. They got to be ready and, and hopefully they'll uh, they'll be able to heal up. Nothing serious tonight. We saw a lot, we saw a lot of guys getting quality reps uh, through all three of the first games sure. due, due to injuries. Uh, you know, not not just late in the game. Yeah. Uh, we saw Jackson Barr, uh, kind of the sixth man on that offensive line. He came in to spell Gage Garrison for a couple of plays on the right side at guard. Uh, Jacob Henry lost his helmet and uh, came in and got a couple of snaps for him there. Uh, and then at linebacker, we you know we see a couple of guys going down. It's the next man up. We uh, saw a significant contributions from Adam Scott. Uh, the Killer B is always in there, but uh, there's guys stepping up uh, early in the season like that. I mean, we're going to need to have those guys later in the season because, as you said, Scott, uh, it's, it's war of attrition, and as Coach Sanders said, 6 eight football is no joke. Yeah, it's no joke. Well, my final thoughts here before we wrap up, it's hot up here. <laughs> it's hot down there, too, man. It's yeah, hot sure. everywhere. Final thoughts, Brock? I I thought they looked like a completely different team in the second half. Yeah. Um, thousand percent, you know. We're not used to seeing them get pushed around like they did in the first half, and, and they, they corrected that in the second for sure. I'm looking forward to the start of district play next week. It's uh, vitally important to go 1-0 in district. And uh, as you said, Merle, the bye week after that, need to get past Stony Point. Stony Point always puts a target on Vandergris back. Uh, that's a big, big game for them. And there's, they would like nothing better to come in there and spoil the uh, home district opener for, for Vandergris. Yeah, well, it's always, you know, honestly a, a joy for me to be back in the booth with you fine gentlemen. And, uh, you know, I have several happy places in my life, and definitely <laughs> this, is, this is one of them. So it's really good to be back here at also, just uh, really happy that the Vipers uh, were able to put in a solid performance in the win. Because if it had gone another way, you guys might not have let me back up in here. Nope. So I, uh, I definitely appreciate that. But yeah, complete performance by the Vipers. Responded well to you know the the, the coaching that they got at halftime, and really good to see them close this thing out the way they should. And you know they're primed and ready to get in this to, uh, to district play. If they drop this one tonight, when you ask me where next week's game was, I'll tell you <laughs> yeah, Dallas. That's right. Every game is going to be in a bad Dallas. direction. Yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, so that's going to do it for us tonight. By the way, Stony Point is 1-1 one one coming into tonight's play, and uh, they had their final non-district game against Lukeville. Do you have something, Brock, or you look like you have something you wanted to, to, to add? Oh, no, no. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm, also, I'm excited for district play, man. Get it on, yeah. Well, we'll find out that out next week. That's going to do it for us tonight. We'll be back with you next Friday night from Monroe Memorial Stadium as the Vipers clash with Stony Point as district play begins. So from our broadcast partners, Hank Hudson and Scott Schaffner, uh, Brock Willinger, our producer and sideline reporter, Cole Dixon back at the studio, and Christina Weber-Bertrand on the Vibe side. My name is Merle Bertrand signing out from Crusader Stadium in Belton, where the Vandegut Vipers have defeated the Midway Panthers by a final score of 48-17. to Have a safe drive home and a great weekend, and we'll see you next week for more Viper football right here on the Horn. Good night, everybody.